1: Coming up today on the Distinguished Savage, Travis Joyner, LEO, and BJJ Black Belt. Welcome to the Distinguished Savage Podcast. Welcome back to the show. Before we get to my interview with Travis, this episode of the distinguished Savage is brought to you by powerful Alpha Omega Kydex holsters. Alpha Omega is my go-to holster, and Eric can build a holster for any gun you may run. Light laser, extended barrel, custom prints and colors. Eric's your man. To get your very own Alpha Omega Kydex holster, go to alphaomegakydex.com. Use the code Savage. Use the code Savage at checkout for fifteen percent on your next order. This episode is also brought to you, as always, by my boys over at Apostle's Farms Academy right here in Austin, Texas. Apostle's Farms has a wide array of courses, private lessons, my tactile trauma med course. They can do it all, man. Those guys are super solid dudes. You can get more information by going to ApostlesFarmsAcademy.com. Also, buy Active Carry Technologies for all your medical gear needs. Active Carry has you covered. You can save 15% on your next order by going to ActiveCarryTech.com. Use the code SAVAGE15 at checkout. Now, today on the show, Travis Joyner, LEO, BJJ Black Belt, as well as instructor for Tim Kennedy's Sheepdog Project. And Travis is a super solid guy. Until now, I've only known Travis in passing. I've seen him a few times here and there, and by reputation as a super solid guy. It's amazing just how small the jujitsu community is, especially here in Austin these days. Having the opportunity to sit down with him was exactly what I thought it might be and what I'd heard about Travis. He is a quiet professional, incredibly solid guy. Humble, confident, not cocky, and incredibly capable, and thinks on things on a deeper level. It was an absolute honor for me to get to sit down with him and learn more about him and his mindset. We run the gambit of topics in this conversation, from jujitsu to working in law enforcement to how Austin has grown. Travis being uh, born and raised in Austin himself, he's absolutely seen the changes here. I mean, just in the changes I've seen in the last twenty-one years since I've been here, has been crazy. But more especially in the last five to seven, with everyone moving here, but man, what incredible conversation with this guy! He is a super solid dude, and he's that guy that you want to show up. I feel like he's, he has that demeanor of he's he's that guy you want to show up when you call. When you call the cops, that's the guy you want showing up, man. Confident, chill, like wants to understand what the problem is. Just you'll get the gist when you listen to the conversation. So, with all that said, here is my conversation with the very awesome Travis Joyner. Today on the show, Travis Joyner. God damn, man! It's good to finally get you here, man.
2: Good to be here, sir. It's man, been a long time coming. That beard is fucking amazing, bro. Oh, thank you. God damn it, I'm jealous one of the few perks in life these days i know man
1: so many, so many of the guys on your department have some amazing beards and i'm jealous because i yeah. i gotta keep mine super trimmed back right because i get shit about it but man when i retire i'm gonna grow that al-qaeda starter beard oh yeah for <laughs> it's, sure it's gonna be insane man she <laughs> so just came from open mat how was that
2: yeah sunday open mat good do a little nogi we rolled uh about an hour six minute rounds nice nice chill pace it's a good day
1: that's cool man let's go would you get your black belt under
2: uh, mario s fija
1: oh right on here in austin right
2: yeah he's got a school up in north austin
1: nice man dude th- um actually i heard you talk about on behind the shield a while back man the the amount of jiu-jitsu and fight gyms that have come here in the last like five years alone is yeah. amazing
2: oh austin's the it's the new mecca
1: it is man it really really is dude. who's everybody's here now
2: yeah you've got uh Sean G. Hibero here Jay yes donna her gordon ryan you've got all these uh yeah
1: dude, it's amazing everybody's like, like well 10th planet came in what like six or seven years ago now there's a 10th planet san antonio 10th planet round rock uh, gracie baja came in like four or five schools yeah fuck, man well,
2: it, the population's just growing so much that there's plenty of room for everyone dude it is it is
1: man it's fuck, it's amazing so it's um, it's crazy.
2: I think we inherited a lot of people from New York and California. Yeah,
1: we really have. We really well, fuck, California's those, moving
2: here. Well, those used to be the you know the hot spots for yeah. jujitsu, and uh, a lot of people after twenty twenty, I think, made their way down to Texas.
1: Yeah, man, it's it's cra- it's amazing the amount of jujitsu jujitsu gyms alone oh, in yeah. Austin is crazy, but it's fuck, man, it it just exploded. Yeah, it's exploded, man. It's great. Well, uh, fuck, doesn't it's a oh shit it's not carlson gracie it's i think they're doing the the cpjj under um oh shit uh for for law enforcement from um god damn his name's uh, i can see his name. chad lyman chad lyman yeah. um yeah isn't the it's not carlson gracie what's it's a henzo gracie school yeah they're doing some of the cpjj stuff now aren't they
2: yeah bjj cop Jason. yeah, yeah he's uh he works with uh progressive force concepts yeah 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 and bringing in the police jujitsu. so they've been doing a lot of it over there at henzo gracie austin
1: yeah man it, if i could some i need to get over there man Two one plan b just opened not long ago with craig yeah i met him doing a i did a medical standby for the guys who do his ep detail okay. i met craig he uh alex brought in a shit ton, I a ton of guns out of his ranch yeah. and just had him shoot right and that's the first time i'm like i'm like i know you from somewhere he's like I i'm like i know who you are yeah the aussie Yeah, dude, I want to go on this play and be uh, fucking t shirts, the Mexican Ground Karate t shirts. I got to get by there.
2: He's a a character, man. Follow him on Instagram. He's pretty entertaining. Yeah, he
1: is, man. He's a good dude. He, uh, as funny, man, he, uh, Alex had like brought out all these different guns for him to shoot, right? You know, and he brought a a couple of Barretts. And dude, Alex has got an amazing array of firearms. Yeah. But he brought, and he's like, I got this Tannerite, man. Like, first one to shoot it. Oh yeah, you
2: <laughs> moved to Texas from, from somewhere like that. Yeah, that's that's got to be part of your. It's got to be. It's got to be part of your trip.
1: It's got to be. Take a day man. to
2: the range and get after it. Yeah, man.
1: How'd you get into jiu-jitsu initially?
2: Um, you know, I did martial arts when I was a kid. Like, yeah, Taekwondo, yeah, right? I did Taekwondo, if I remember correctly, um, when I was a kid, and, you know, I was big into Bruce Lee, and yeah, Saint and all the other oh, you know, eighties, 80s, eighties 80s stuff. I loved ninja movies when I was a kid, man. You know, I, I uh, got out of high school. And uh, started getting fat because I wasn't, you know, doing playing sports, doing yeah, anything, yeah. and that led me to like a kickboxing gym, just kind of getting back into it, and then, you know, started hearing about this jujitsu stuff and watched a couple UFCs and decided this, oh, yeah. is, this is something I need to try, and you know, once you once you try it, you get hooked.
1: Yeah, you really do, man. You really, you really, really, it becomes an obsession.
2: Oh yeah, for years, it's I, I don't want to say it's diminished, but for, for my first few years, I was pretty obsessed with it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I do. Yeah, I've been there. I've been there. It's like, like you'll wake up in the, the night and you'll like be thinking about like some specific yeah. move or some, some flow of technique and you're like, ah, man. yeah. Human chess. Yeah, man. It's, it's amazing, dude. It's absolutely amazing. I was going to ask you some, oh, so you did craw for a little bit too, didn't you? Yeah. What did you do crawl? Was it fit and fearless?
2: Yeah. That's where I started in Austin.
1: Yeah, man, I did. So did you ever meet uh, Ernesto Perales when he was at he, he was a he was a BJJ Brown Belt, Judo Black Belt then. I haven't seen Ernesto in forever, um, but I trained there at Fit and Fearless for a while under him with Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, man. he was Super actually, good.
2: when I started Jiu-Jitsu at Vasquez Academy, he was the Jiu-Jitsu coach there. So
1: man, he's he a good uh, dude. I haven't seen that guy in years. I wonder where he's, he's at large,
2: right? He's out. Uh, he's out by the lake, oh. living the retired life, fishing. Really? Yeah, he'll... He'll still stop in occasion. I see him at I
1: uh, I gotta hit that guy up here, or there. I gotta hit that guy. I don't up think sometimes.
2: he's teaching classes though regularly. Really? <laughs> yeah.
1: Man, I remember when Fit and Fearless they had that uh, that that one area where they did the crawl. had that old yeah. uh, box over there, near where uh, Atomic Athlete is now. Right. And man, we just go in there and just be either hot or cold, one or the other. Oh, yeah. just, but I dig that because I train at Metroflex Gym for, for to work out, and man, it's just like it's just a warehouse. Yeah. There's either got the doors said. open or closed. Yeah. <laughs> I love that man. I love that just like just suffer
2: yeah it uh, builds uh builds character
1: it does man, it does it does dude so you're how long you been you, how long you been in law enforcement
2: uh sixteen years
1: what got you in what got you in law enforcement
2: second generation, so my dad was in law enforcement, grew uh-huh. up around it Um, i wouldn 't say I was like sure from a young age that's what yeah. I wanted to do, but it was always kind of in the back of my mind get that. Got out of school and like, well, I guess I need to figure out what I want to do here. Looks looks fun. I gotcha. Drive cars, shoot guns.
1: Fuck <laughs> <you know. laughs> yeah, man! That's Seem, amazing. Seemed good at the time. Yeah, man, I get that, dude. I man, when I was a kid, I I just played army till I joined the army. Yeah. You know, then I didn't know what the fuck I was going to do for for a couple of years. I just knocked around, tried different careers, and it just it. And then finally, I was like, I got in fire service first, which I should have stayed in. And then, mm-hmm. <laughs> because we talked They're about that winning. beforehand,
2: yeah. The firefighters are winning,
1: dude. Definitely, especially in Austin. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the pickleball champs, man. Yeah. Did every time I pull out from Medic Two and I see him playing pickleball and I'm going on like sixteenth like or seventeenth call and I'm like, God damn it, I should have stayed with, him. I, I should have applied to AFD when I still had the chance, man. Yeah,
2: they've, they've got it figured out.
1: Yeah, man. There's a, it's interesting too, man, because there's a solid bunch of uh, jujitsu guys with a- AFD as well. I
2: bet there are. I know a couple, uh, a couple of them stop in our open mats too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Roll with us.
1: Yeah, um, Troy. Fuck, I can't remember Troy's last name. He got his black belt under Sean. Cooper and then there's a couple of them and I can't remember uh Troy's last name but shit man there's a bunch of bunch of guys man there's oh, there a good solid well Andy Andy Schultz yeah from Paragon I think he's a purple or I think he's gonna get brown soon or maybe mm-hmm. brown belt now shit I don't know I mean, he trains with Will Adams right yeah. obviously right, right. Will <laughs> fucking Will
2: yeah Paragon's got a couple of them
1: yeah they really do man um well I can tell there's a several guys from EMS that train with Paragon Paragon really kind of came on and it's just with jose and then man is just like they're tearing it up man
2: one of the old school schools here yeah it really is the new wave of you know everyone coming in
1: it really really is my f- the first place i trained here was the old helson school with phil cardello yeah and i was there for about a year and then i went up uh, i went up north and i found- sean cooper then was at when it was uh la boxing right, All right up up on 620 because it was closer to my house and and that's where I met Sean and Sean opened his own place and I just followed Sean up there now and then Tenth Planet opened because I just did the no-gi thing and all yeah. that. And so I ended up going to Tenth Planet Austin, which is where I'm at now. But man, it's it's interesting. Like you start to see the same people, you know, different kind of migrate to different places. What I've always found cool though, like especially in the last four or five years, and you probably speak to it, because you go you train a lot of different places. Yeah. You see more and more people in different places. Yeah. and it's okay because you remember back in the day when like you didn't train anywhere else right. you didn't talk to anybody else that trained in another school man it was that old sort of like that old uh, gracie mentality of like you don't train anywhere else yeah and i think part of that now is the
2: amount of information that's out there you know there's yeah. not there's no there's no more like secret techniques yeah. or you know things that you're going to learn at another school that you can't learn somewhere so yeah that's kind of gone by the wayside and gyms are way more open to cross training and
1: yeah, yeah yeah
2: which is cool you know it's a good thing in austin
1: yeah i dig it too man i dig it too because like you know they used to have that weird sort of old school thing man it yeah. was just it was just weird too like you know if you like if you had friends that trained somewhere else you know yeah, and,
2: you, you had to like hide in the garage and yeah yeah, don't yeah. Let anybody see you come over yeah yeah man it's, <laughs> it
1: was so weird man i said i don't know it's bizarre it's bizarre yeah man. but man so like you're the you're the head dt guy for for your department, now, All right? Can you say which department, or you know, like to? Yeah, I got you. I, that makes sense. I get it. Yeah, uh,
2: yeah. I'm uh, I'm the head DT instructor. Um, it's pretty it's pretty cush gig.
1: Yeah, that's pretty cool. Have you kind of changed the the DT program to more what it is now? Haven't you? Like from what it used to be?
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's gone through several overhauls over the years yeah you know it's one of those things whoever's out there whatever their background is yeah i think it tends to go to um early on you know you had a lot of guys with a karate background yeah that was that was big so you know you had the karate influence into it and then you know you had krav guys out there making it more krav maga Mm -hmm. and uh, really you know we've tried to just take what we like and what works from various systems. Very yeah. Eclectic, you know, uh, I don't think anybody has all the answers. Yeah. I agree so, with that. Um, yeah, it's, it's been overhauled quite a bit. Yeah. And, uh, try to make it as relevant as possible. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think the tough thing with, with DT, cause it, especially with like for you guys, for us, uh, especially for us, right. It never looks good when you're punching somebody in the face. Oh, yeah. Right. So like that control aspect of jujitsu, I think is so much more, relevant and i think a lot of people cuz you always get these armchair quarterbacks like i've never done anything in their lives and i was like oh the, you know, they you they want to comment on everything yeah. right they're suddenly a dt expert and i'm like hey, it's not like a fight it's where you're trying to control a person without getting you getting injured or injuring them right. as best you can you know and like it, so many people especially i mean you guys get it more than we do cuz fuck man they they like I write out sometime and yeah. see what law enforcement deals with, like call to call to call. Right. Yeah. I don't. People have can't fathom. I think like, I mean, even just for for us in EMS. Right. You just go from like person to person who's just an who calls you and is an asshole to you.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. You're like that takes a, an emotional and physical toll on you. I'm more tired after people have been assholes to me all day. you know, if people are just nice and like, oh, just sent me to the hospital. I'm like, OK, that sounds good. Right. And, you know, like, think about it. how many times
2: you've seen a video where, like, oh, look, it took five cops to hold that guy down. Or, you know, it's like, well, no, they're trying not to hurt him. Yeah. And they have a very specific set of rules they have to follow. Yeah. You know, it's different, like you said, than just being in a fight.
1: Yeah, man. It's tough. And that's one of the things I always talk about. That's why we went with with EMS. We went to, like, GST and, well, well, you know, Will, me. um, Matt Clark is more of a, he's a, he's a Krav guy, but he's got a lot, of, some ground experience too, right? You know, cause that's part of the Krav curriculum. But yeah. the tough thing with Krav is, is it, I think Krav is great for self-defense cause you can just lace into somebody and neutralize that threat and go and run yeah. off. But and I think it's great for what it's for, but it's tough from a law enforcement, EMS point mm-hmm. of view, because with Krav, you're going to kind of hand him your business card, yeah. right? And yeah. you know just lace into them. And, you know, it doesn't, it looks good on world star hip hop when like medic beats the shit out of patient. Right. You know, or PD beats a shot of patient.
2: Yeah. It's like you said, those are two different circumstances. You know, someone attacking you and it being a full on fight is different. Yeah. Than trying to control someone and trying to restrain someone, which is what we deal with a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. The jujitsu wrestling control.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And especially too, man, like, uh, it's nice to see wrestling coming more and more in because I've started using more, especially after doing like Craig Douglas, stuff yeah. and all that, right. Cause that control that standing control is so much more on point. The, cause I mean, like, you know, and I think that if I remember correctly, you talked about on behind the shield. What's the cat's name that does behind the shield Britt, Right. Uh, um, yeah. James. Yeah. Like, cause he was talking about like, uh, I think cause, but you, cause a lot of jujitsu, you start on knees, right. When you right. start out. Right. And like, I think that's tough because a lot of schools do that. Right. So cat here on the microphone, <laughs> but like that, that standing control, especially like head control right. and like, you know, that an over under or a good clinch. I mean, if you can just, that better control or better positioning from wrestling is huge.
2: Oh, it is a ton of the stuff we teach for wrestling control is wrestling based.
1: Yeah, the Greco-Roman stuff
2: is. Yeah, it's snap downs, arm drags, yes, stuff like that. Just getting to good angles, positions. I don't jujitsu like you know. As you know, I'm one of the biggest jujitsu advocates in the world, but it does take a decent amount of time to get good at jujitsu. It does. And it does. What makes it so effective is using your whole body for leverage against something, but that takes time to teach someone how to use their hips yeah. and their legs, like arms, and, and do all that. Whereas wrestling's a little more, maybe a little more physical, but yeah. a little more straightforward with, you know.
1: Yeah, it, it really is, man, too. And, and like I said, like I think we talked about beforehand, because like, we get, I get the cadets, you know, Will and I and Matt, we get the cadets for like, I don't know, six hours, one day, you know, when they first come in. You know, we do some situational awareness stuff for a couple of hours, and we talk about that, which I think should be more because you know the maybe seeing it before it goes kinetic, you know, and heading that off with the escalation is better. But you know, if it does, right. but I mean, the, the the spear is great because I can teach you quick, and you always remember it because it's all startle, flinch, that right. whole thing, right? But the jujitsu, it's it's tough because you can learn it that one day, and they and they do a pretty good job. And actually, we'll talk about this later because I feel like the women we teach pick it up so much quicker.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Because you always get the dudes are like, all right, uh, I got it. Let's just yeah, roll. I know how to fight. Yeah. Bro, bro. I'm like, do you though? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I, but, but like I said, you know, it's the thing with jujitsu is it is it's a, one, it's a perishable skill too. just that the movements too, and maybe you see this too, if you get people who come in who don't do jujitsu, right? Cause they're always going to, they always create way too much space between them to try yeah. to move around. And it's hard to teach that in just six hours. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
2: So yeah, it, uh, it, it's a, if you want to, learn jujitsu it has to be a process where you're learning it initially and then you're doing consistent follow-up training short intervals um either that or you know i think if you take someone and they train for like six months consistently Mm -hmm. and then even if they don't train after that i think you know they're probably light years ahead of someone that doesn't have any training but it's either a big initial time investment or yeah a lot of a lot of follow-up training
1: yeah it, it's tough too man because i think look like, like i mean maybe you can speak more from the law enforcement side because you know like and like any not shitting on on law enforcement because like every every job in the world has people who are just going to do the bare minimum or they're going to oh, you know yeah. but like how often do you guys get like i mean do you get dt once a year twice a year do they is it it's part of your curriculum right or do they have to do they have to research on it or how does that work yeah first?
2: so the t the you know state governing yeah. body has very
1: minimal requirements it's something like
2: you know eight hours every two years or something like that now our department we offer quite a bit of training but it's elective um, yeah. so you, that's huge
1: though in and of itself yeah,
2: so you get the people that want to be there but like you said sometimes the people that need it the most aren't the ones showing up for it yeah that's um, tough and it, it it's hard because anytime you put mandatory in front of something, you know people have a bad attitude about it. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, tough. But we're working on it. I think, um, I think the leaders in law enforcement are finally seeing the value. Um, you know, you have these studies coming out, like the Marietta, Georgia study.
1: Mm, I've seen that.
2: That are kind of confirming through like empirical studies, like what everyone already knew. You know, the yeah. officers that train or. Use less force in general. Yes, they're less likely to get injured. The suspect is less likely to get injured. Um, taser usage goes down. So things that you know we all kind of informally knew. Yeah, you know, they've actually been able to you know study and document in some of these departments. And uh, you know when you go to a, an administration and say, hey, I can give you this thing, which is going to reduce your liability, your officers are going to be safer, suspects are going to be safer. Yeah, everyone involved. You know, they're like, oh yeah, sign me up. But then there's a lot of logistical hurdles. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, our, and money. Yeah, yeah, it comes down to time and money make the world go round. Yep, yeah, it really, um, really does, man. And I, I don't know. You know, we have. Well, we're losing people quite rapidly, but yeah, yeah. I think we we have less than sixteen hundred now. But um, the logistical nightmare to train sixteen hundred people on a frequent basis with yeah. just a couple people. Yeah, but we're working on it.
1: Yeah, man, it's well, and too, man, you have so many. You guys have so many things that you have to remain proficient in, right? I mean, yeah. Because it's because, and one of the things too, you hit on something that I that I've always thought about too is like the more, the more confidence and the 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 stronger your skill set, the more confidence you have in your skills, and the more you understand what you can and more specifically what you can't do. Right? I think that does use to leads to way less use of force. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, like or if you got guys like more so in law enforcement, I think because you've got way more tools. for uh what's what i'm looking for for uh, compliance that we do you know what i mean like so like you said less taser use less you know less possibly going to the sidearm or going to it do you guys carry asps still we do they're
2: not heavily used yeah but uh, But like you
1: know i feel like people will go to tools over going hands-on if they don't feel yeah confidence in their
2: confident they're gonna they're gonna utilize tools yeah and you know they have their place but you know a lot of times just putting hands on people
1: is the easiest way to get someone under control yeah, it really is, man. And two, I think um, for me, or the way I've always kind of thought about it anyway is like having that, I guess, command presence for lack of a better term. If you seem confident, but not, because you will get medics. I see medics all the time who are like, they, they try to, you know, get that, that bro, like, uh, you know, they try to seem bigger than they are. They talk loud. You know, there's a lot of this, that, and the other, you know, and I'm like, and then, you know, and you, and there are guys, and you know, you run into them way more than we do, but there, there are guys who know what's bullshit and what's not. Yeah, and They're like, oh, you're just scared. You're just trying yeah. to act like you're a badass, right? And then they want to go, you know? And then, like, it's usually if they feel like you're confident and you're, like, calm and cool and you're like, okay, fuck, maybe I don't want to mess with this dude.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, and especially if you're talking about a criminal element, like people that have been in and out of jails and prisons, like, oh, yeah. you have to get really good at reading people and kind of sizing people up. Yeah, And you can't fake that confidence, Mm-mm. you know, it, people Mm-mm. can, most people can see right through it, you know, if you're putting yeah. on a front.
1: Yeah. Well, especially the criminal element, right? Because they, that's their world, right? right? Is who's, you know, who's the biggest swinging dick in the yard, right? Yeah. Or who's, you know, like, and that's, they, especially if you've been in prison, because that's your survival yeah, mechanism you is like yeah, reading you know? people.
2: So, you, yeah, you're not going to be able to put on a front. People are going to see right through that. Yeah. And then if,
1: you know, if someone does pull your card, then the costume's going to fall off. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough, man. And you get guys, I mean, like, and, and it happens again, like I said, in every profession. It's not just law enforcement, but like, you know, you you see some guys who, like, because, you know, we'll have guys, you know, have, I'll have some law enforcement show up sometimes, you know, and they're like, they're a little badge heavy, oh, yeah. you know, and I'm like, man, you're spinning this guy up. I had yeah. him so chill, you know, I'd be mean? like, what are we doing right now? You know, like, it. you get some guys who show up and are just like, hey, man, you need anything? I'm like, nah, we're good. They're like, all right, I'll see you later. You know, just like, yeah. cops leave it. I'm like, yeah, you're good. I'm good. We're all good. It's like, all right, shit. Yeah. Oh, you can certainly escalate things really, really quickly with the wrong
2: demeanor. Yeah, it really is, man. And it's
1: one of the things I teach in the when I do. I get this, I get two hours for this lecture beforehand, which I had, which I had way more. But it's all situational awareness, you know, and like uh, baselines, anomalies, all that, you know, and yeah. then like proxemics and all this. Right, one of the things I talk about too is like. You, know, you can escalate things just by your demeanor, your tone, the way you talk to people, right? You know, like the way you stand. You know, yeah. if you're gonna blade off towards people, they're they're gonna blade off. Like, what are we doing? Fighting yeah. here, right? What are we doing? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, and, and you see again. I mean, I'm sure you see it with guys who, or I mean, even females, right? Who like they're trying to have more of a command presence than they actually can muster. I guess, like yeah. a term.
2: Yeah, you can tell it's a front. You yeah know? and then yeah they, they like exactly like you said bad chevy you, you're over the top with it Yeah. and that's just gonna push people off
1: yeah man never never good and the thing too is like i see when i see an it ems it's tough because you got nothing to back that up with like even from a legal standpoint like what are you gonna do yeah. right I, if they, they want to go with you to the hospital right you force them into the ambulance right you gotta, you know you know you know, Cause you get some guys who are, you know, or even females, you know, who like to get, you see it more dudes, you know, you get that bro dude, right. You know, yeah. who's like new paramedic and they just like, you're gonna, and I'm like, Hey man, that's, that's not going to last long. Dude. Cause you, what are you going to do? Yeah. Well, you can't, you well, yeah, sedate them and make them go, You can't, man, you can't, they're alert and oriented don't want to go to the hospital with you. Right. They're not going to go. It just is what it is. Right. You don't really have any authority to push.
2: Right. Adults make choices
1: i know man. I know, dude it's that's one of the big things too man it's like it's i mean you see a lot of adults who make really horrible choices you know yeah, i think mean, like we see it in austin
2: front row show to that. <laughs> or life choices
1: it is man what have you seen because i've seen a lot and i'd be curious to your take on it because you see it from a little bit different angle like of austin and, i mean because the the growth here is explosive yeah right and it's good and it's bad right i mean it's amazing in some ways right because you know home values are going up you know but then again like a fucking rents going up all this shit right but like it's you're getting a lot of different interesting people coming from different places you know you're seeing I and mean, we see a lot of same people over and over and over right in our job yeah. right but like are you seeing any differences in the last four or five years with the explosion of people in austin
2: yeah absolutely um i mean one austin I'm from austin originally yeah so it's not a sleepy college town anymore no. and, and like you said it's on one hand, you know, we have all these people from jujitsu community moving here. We mm-hmm. have, you know, celebrities. You have Joe Rogan moving here. You have yeah. all these amazing restaurants popping up with different things. So it is great. But, yeah, the, with that comes different people. Yeah. Uh, some good and some bad. Yeah. You know, we're, we're getting a more violent criminal element. We absolutely are. In Austin. Um, you're seeing that and just bigger crowds down in the entertainment district. Yeah. People bringing guns so it's uh yeah yeah the,
1: the uptick in shootings in austin has really surprised me because you'd have yes. you have them here and there before right but it's it's sig- increased significantly over the last what two years i'd say
3: yeah uh
2: historically in austin you know like when you looked at the homicides maybe gang violence maybe family violence type things but you know maybe a drug deal gone wrong you know. um but we did not have the level of uh, shootings that that we have now. And it's, I don't know, I don't know the, the nexus behind that, but a lot of people bringing guns to the entertainment district yeah. and what would be a fight, you know, turns into a shooting. Yeah. Um, that's happening a lot downtown. And then the criminal element also, historically in Austin, I, I would say was not a heavy gun culture for the criminal element. Yeah. Uh, but nowadays you're seeing people, you know, committing car burglaries, armed, uh, doing... Lower level crimes, but they're armed. You know, and if yeah. someone tries to intervene with that, then here we go.
1: Yeah, it's 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 weird, man. I like, really it's, it's a shooting. Um, or, well, there was a shooting. So, like shots from a car. I think APD chased this car to, and they drove to Del Seaton and jumped out and went in the hospital. Yeah, it was uh, a couple of shifts. That's my last shift. Um, what was that Friday? I think he was like, "Oh, Del Seaton shut down." I'm like, what's going on? I'm like, look on the AMD seat. I'm like, oh, oh shit. What's going on there? I think they ended up getting the guys, right? But yeah. like, but you just didn't see that no. five, six years ago. Not th- things like that. Or even like you said, the shootings downtown. Am I correct? They've opened up Sixth street now on the weekends instead of like blocking it off. Have they opened that up?
2: Uh, I think it's still blocked off.
1: Yeah, I thought they were talking about opening it up possibly With or sections something. Of it. Yeah. I don't know about the whole thing. Cause man, it's what's well, Bedlam down there anyway, man. I, I oh, hated man. when I was on rescue 17, I hated going down there because when you, when you have to drive on the street, that's closed on like sixth. Yeah. Right. You get it's just because you have to like wade through the people in the ambulance yeah. and two man people like I because usually like you've got one person treating the patient one person on the computer getting shit. Right. I don't do shit with that computer. Like if I'm not the one treating the patient I'm just like look I'm overwatch. Let's just let's get this guy in the back of the truck and lock the doors because I mean we've had three or four ambulances stolen. Oh, yeah. Right. Like with medics in the back before you know or from the hospitals. Right. With yeah. without anybody in the back with, I think twice with people in the back. Right. And so, like, and downtown, man, it's just, it's bedlam down there. You know how it is down it there. Is. It's That's fucking crazy. insane, man.
2: It never used to be like that. I know. It's not yeah, to that man. extent, at least.
1: It's it's weird, man. It's weird. And two, man, and maybe you can speak to this. You, I'm starting to see more, like, I don't see it because I don't go downtown as much on calls, but you're starting to see more, like, I'm starting to hear of and see more violence against women down there. Because remember, before, like, you were like, like all these women made at home, okay? Like, as you see, chicks are just like passed out. You know, and, yeah. you know, people call and we go by and pick them up and stuff. Right now, but you're starting to see more violence towards women. Like, you know, it's, it's ordinarily college students. I mean, violence in the homeless population in Austin's always. Yeah, that's
2: always been. I hadn't heard anything about the women.
1: You're starting to see it more and more. Like, here, I, I just hear stories like, "Oh, you know, I ran this call the other day and stuff." You know, but like, it's it's just it's getting weird down there, man. I, I don't like to go downtown anyway. Oh, yeah. right? I avoid downtown uh, anytime, uh, seven days a week because right, it's just it's a pain in the ass, right? Nightmare but to
2: park nightmare to do anything.
1: Yeah, yeah, anything, man. And, too, and I just I never feel I, I don't like crowds anyhow, but I just always feel like ah, it's just too much shit that goes on down too there. Too much man. going on. Yeah, and there's too many people. Too many people. Too many people, man. <laughs> and too much alcohol involved. And alcohol don't make you it let you, you know. And <laughs> fucking people get crazy, man. But fuck, I was gonna ask, was gonna ask you a couple of. Um, made me think about something else. But um back to we were talking about. DT with, with women, man, do you find that it's easier to teach women to like, to get them on board with it? Cause that's what I've found, especially with jujitsu, right? Once you sort of get them comfortable, yeah. like with that close proximity, you know, if they've never done it before, man, they seem to pick it up quicker. They seem to understand it. I mean, I have a reason why I think it is, but what do you think? What do you, why do you think that is?
2: Yeah, I've seen the same thing. Um, I think it's a couple things. So one, the women we get are generally smaller in stature. Mm-hmm. There's exceptions, so I think they have to do it technically correct if they want it to work. As opposed to when you're, you know, bigger, stronger, yeah. you can kind of just kind of do it right and it'll yeah. kind of work. Yeah. Um, and two, I think it's a little bit of ego with guys of like, oh yeah, I know yeah. how to fight. I'm a guy. You know, like I, I've been in a fight. I, I don't. Yeah, I got it. Uh, whereas the female students tend to. Be more, um, have more attention to detail. Yeah, in the I think, yeah and the techniques, and try and do it correctly, and pay attention if they see the value in it.
1: Yeah, man, I agree. I think too, man. Like, I, you, like you, I always think of like women. You know, like half the population is bigger and stronger than they are, and I think women are more intuitive too. Like they they get they get the bad vibe way before guys do. Yeah, right. With with people like shit's gonna go awry, but I feel like they, they I always find they they like you said they pick it up more technically. They pick up the technical aspect of it quicker. And they pay more attention, you know, or as get, you know, we we'll get dudes. I'm like, yeah, or if they've had a little bit of jujitsu and yeah. and they always want to roll with Will at lunchtime. <laughs> and I'm like, Good have life. at it with the vanilla yeah. gorilla. Cause Will's, Will is that guy. Um, have you ever rolled with Gage Kuhn from EMS? Can you get like that? Kind of like a uh, uh, ginger, real nice, real laid back. Yeah. Yeah. Gage is that guy that's like at that old man's strength. He's not yeah. even old, but like, he's just so laid back. And then he gets jujitsu and just goes berserkers on, you know, I'm like, whoa, whoa. But man, it's just, uh, you get these guys, with, guys who come in who've got a little bit of jujitsu and they're like, oh, you know, you want to roll a little bit during lunch? Will's like, I will go a little bit, man, but that's just going to be, you know, <laughs> Will's just, I mean, because Will's pressure game is.
2: Yeah, he's got some heavy pressure.
1: <laughs> he does, man. He's got Don't it down get but, on top. No, no, and he always does, man. He always does. God damn it, dude. He just smashes through. You know it's coming. Yeah. I see when you roll with somebody, I'm sure like, like if I ever roll with you, right, it's like you guys who are super, like you, like you could see it coming a mile away. And you know, what's happening. You can do nothing to stop it. Yeah. And it's just like, it's, beautiful wow. feeling. <laughs> it's good. It's gotta be. I, I long to be at that point one day where I'm like, look, this is happening and you know, it's happening. I know it's happening. Yeah. But there's nothing you can do stop it yeah it's, it's even more impressive you know early on
2: in jujitsu, you get surprised by a lot of stuff you know? yeah. you're like oh i didn't i don't know what happened i didn't see that coming yeah. but it's like you said when you know when you know it's coming and you can't stop it it's
1: just a whole nother that's, level that's the invisible jiu-jitsu invisible from jiu-jitsu. Hickson. Some Hickson
2: you know who did it do
1: you know brian moon yes uh, so brian moon he and i used to train together we trained with an ernesto um the, and brian uh he, also heavy yes yeah, super. I haven't seen him in years, but he got into that's he's actually roundabout got me in a tenth planet right. He one day he put me in lockdown and did whip up and then did old school pass and I had ne- I'd never seen. I didn't know what the fuck he did to me. Yeah, you know, and he, he actually put me in the stone control. You split him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Put the, arm the sh- and I was like. That's chumbacasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. BDW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions
1: 18 plus. I don't even know what that was. What the fuck was that? And he was like, oh man, it's this thing. He's like, I actually picked it up from uh, Eddie Bravo's book, Master and Rubber Guard. And I'm like, I'd seen the book plenty of times. I'm like, oh, I'm not flexible enough. And I just, you know, I knew who Eddie Bravo was, but I just wasn't much into it. And I was like, that shit fucking blew my mind. I'd never seen anything like that. And I drove to a half price books after that fucking, after that, and picked up the book. And, I was like, I just that sort of changed my jujitsu game, right? Because, like, I've got shorter legs. I got strong legs, but like shorter legs. Like, just it's hard for me to hold somebody in guard for a long time. So, I, sometimes I'll play more of an open guard. But man, that half guard with lockdown, like I've used that to frustrate somebody and just shut down that one side. Like you oh, know, yeah. or I, even I can just buy time, you know, and just yeah. shut that side down. And it like revolutionized things for me for a while, man. And every once I still pull it out and have to use it uh, like my little secret go-to thing on guys who aren't expecting it. Right. I've, uh, you know, you've run with uh, Dr. Pickett, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So I roll with Pickett. It was the first time and I mean, he's heavy too, man. He'll comes in heavy and I had to, I put him in lockdown, didn't whip on and I went to stoner control and he tapped on it. And you know how when you catch somebody who's a much higher belt and it's just because they weren't expecting it. Right. And then they hand you their business card. Yeah. He rode me like a random donkey for like the next yeah. Ten minutes, right? Yeah. I Yeah, but it was it was, man. It was. I did the same thing to a guy, um, his name's Amir. We used to train at Sean's and I caught him in same thing, right? Into that stoner control We're like, you know, I've got the his leg in lockdown and I put the other his other leg over my shoulder. So just basically it really tests your flexibility. Yeah. And he just wasn't expecting it. That's it, right? And we were in g too. And Dude, after that he just annihilated me because right? yeah. he's like all right now i need some i need some redemption and i respect that right because because we, we both had that look on our face like oh shit that just happened and then it was just he just it, like that will never happen again basically he's like he got lucky and i know that right and he knows that but he's like he's like you know i have to smash you now i'm like
2: yeah yeah <laughs> Pay the toll.
1: yeah man but when brian called me in that dude i haven't seen that guy is he still
2: yeah he's still around uh he moved pretty far northwest i
1: got you man he was I a heard. good dude man he was a great trainer tall as fuck too yeah
2: he he he'd come out and uh help us with the cadets sometimes
1: That's cool. he's a good i haven't seen that guy in forever yeah. man i have to look that guy up i got his phone number thing some still somewhere yeah, man he's still around man. it's interesting like i said man, mean you meet all these different guys you know and you like have this great rapport with people you talk to people and uh, you know what's funny about brian is uh when he when i was like what was that? he's like oh man he should he, just, uh, he said, yeah, I got it from the book. I and mean, I just started looking at playing with, around with some of the stuff from Half Guard. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And he's like, this guy, you got to wait through all Eddie Bravo's uh, pop bullshit yeah. at the beginning. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so, and it actually, got, reading the, the beginning of that actually kind of turned around my, um, I was always like, ah, I was neither here nor there. I was like, ah, who spoke, so spoke about after college? And I was like, it's actually a pretty legitimate reason for legalizing marijuana. I don't know, fuck, man. Yeah. You know, so changed my views in a lot of ways. And fucking Brian was a catalyst for that. <laughs> by just smashing me one day yeah but that was when remember when ctc was open when ernesto was there before that was a great training facility i don't I, it was weird man because they had a little bit of everything there it was a kind of a cool facility i just did the jitsu there but it was a cool facility
2: it was, it was like it
1: turned huge. into camp gladiator or something now didn't it yeah I, I remember because i had a year membership there and i came in one saturday and everything was closed and cleaned out and i was like oh. yeah yeah same i just went i was like where'd everything go and it took me about six months to find ernesto and he was down at fit and fearless then yeah. I used to call Ernesto the Maestro, and he was like, he was, like wow. was like, I was like, I need to call that guy. I haven't seen him in forever. Need to get him on this podcast. Yeah, man. He's still around. He's a good dude, man. So you're doing sheepdog stuff too now, right? Yeah. How'd you end up picking up with that?
2: So actually, CTC is where I met Tim. Really? Um, he moved to Austin and was training there. Was he here? Has he been here been
1: that long?
0: Yeah.
2: Because
1: that's been.
2: 18 plus yeah it, would, it was right before it closed mm. but i met him there um i was a brown belt i think at the time so he'd you know smash everyone yeah and <laughs> i'd try dangerous. and give him you know i guess try and give him some work and yeah yeah i met him there and then when they did one of the first courses in austin i went i was like shooting fighting this looks like it's right up my alley i don't really yeah. know what it is or anything about it but i signed up and then uh ended up with a job offer so yeah man
1: i've seen a couple of times when i was when uh tenth plant was still in the onnit building yeah right well i mean it's still on a building but it's across the street now right i think but then you know he would be doing stuff or they'd be like filming something you know and I'd just, i just <laughs> hey what's up man he's yeah. like hey i think he's doing something for 511 one day they were filming or something but um, Always filming something. yeah man that guy's he's got his fingers in a whole lot of pies man he he's still active is he still active yeah god damn it that guy's I, got i've never seen someone
2: that do so many different things and he really does man i mean number of businesses companies endeavors he has going on it's on a whole nother level
1: yeah he did was it him or was it shane that did uh i know shane did um one of our guys that's uh, he just retired from ems he was our helicopter instructor yeah you know like he's like hey man shane and tim were on the helicopter the other day and i'm like oh shit he's like i will teach them how to fly i'm like Course, of course, you are, and of course, they
2: are right. That's how you cure that Austin traffic problem, you know, with all these new people. We have traffic, so I
1: guess you just get a helicopter. I can't imagine affording a helicopter. Well, Tim's got that Tim Kennedy buddy, so yeah, so
2: <laughs> it'd be nice, it would be nice.
1: Yeah, well, you know Shane too. Where's Shane training at?
2: Uh, Gracie Humaita,
1: is he where did they move to since Craig's at Plan B now? The old Gracie Humaita,
2: yeah, they moved across 71 over by, um, what's it by?
0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Man,
1: have you ever trained with these Atomic guys?
2: No. I've, I've trained with a few of them. Yeah. Um, like on the mats. Yeah. I've never been in an Atomic to do.
1: I've done some of the workouts there, man. Like I've, I, I've trained there here and there, man. But like, I don't have that kind of, I, I, I it's almost like a full-time job. I need recovery time. Those guys don't fuck around. I mean, the the training's amazing. The programming's amazing, right? But yeah, but like it's you know, well, one is driving into Austin, too. That's one more reason I gotta drive into Austin. Yeah. That's the tough thing too, man. But but man, this guys, I did their online programming for a while, man. It's it's phenomenal. Those guys are they do they're so unique in what they do, right, in many ways, and it really does cater to jujitsu and to to like strength and conditioning, and it's crazy, man. I dig yeah. it.
2: Oh yeah. They they've got a legit program there
1: yeah what are you doing for strength conditioning man
2: so i do baseline cardio by running mm-hmm. um a couple times a week nothing crazy just yeah. just baseline cardio and then lifting i basically alternate push pull you know i'll do yeah back pulling chest pressing mixed legs in that's one area that I'm not as structured as as I should be. Yeah, I get it though, man. It's it's kind of like what do I ha- where am I at? What equipment do I have? Yeah. How much time do I have? And I kind of come up with like what I'm going to do.
1: Yeah, I will say the gym at the academy is it's nice. Yeah, it's amazing. It's nice That's an that. amazing gym. Right? That, it's if I if I had the time, ability to go over there every day, or you'd be able to go there just as a gym. Oh yeah, that would be amazing, man.
2: Yeah, having that. Having that at work is nice. The only issue is sometimes there's a lot of cadets in there, I get different that. parts of the day. So that yeah. goes back to how much time do I have? Yeah,
1: I get that. So are you five days a week now?
2: We do four tens.
1: Four tens. Four 10s. I got you. So, so, oof. Do you dig that there than being on the road, though? Or yeah. you, is there some things you miss about the road? There's a bit of autonomy I can see that you might be able to miss there.
2: It's, it's nice. I don't like the day shift hours. I'm not a morning person. Yeah. I'm like all about that evening shift life right right so waking up early every day is pretty rough but it's yeah i get a, that it's it's good for the good for the home life
1: yeah i get that i get that man i just, get that know,
2: out to pasture these days just <laughs> living comfy
1: yeah man Dada,
2: that's <laughs> awesome man
1: do you have a home gym a home jujitsu jitsu gym how do you
2: so mario Esfija is yeah. my instructor that right. my home gym um but i live south and he's way up north yeah so i try and make it up there um when I can, yeah. usually during the day, because you know, like we said, traffic in Austin is yeah. precious, oh, so
1: fucking thirty-five is a nightmare. So
2: there's there's a couple gyms down south that I'll drop in at. Yeah, train out. Yeah, I'm man. A lot at work too.
1: Well, it's interesting now because, uh, like, well, now Kyle, there's Atomic Jiu-Jitsu, which is a Gracie school, right? Yeah, I haven't been over there, but I've just seen some of the stuff from them, and then Dojo Kyle, which is a uh, so Machado school, right? Yeah, I think Machado. Affiliate. Yeah, and it, man, it, it's. It's, it's starting to proliferate out of Austin. Oh, it now, is. Now I think, man. Well, fuck New Braunfels. Yeah, New Braunfels has several places. Uh, uh, you know, we were
2: talking about living. And uh, what's weird is, you know, like San Marcos area, there's nothing. That's the kind of. Yeah, that is weird, right? There's stuff in New Braunfels. There's stuff in Kyle. There's stuff in Buta,
1: There's nothing in that entire that's San Marcos area. Yeah, because, well, Atomic's basically a Buta kyle
2: Yeah.
1: Right. Well, there's, there's, what, two schools now. Dojo Kyle and, and, and Atomic in and yeah. Buda-Kyle. That is where There's nothing in San Marcos. I was
2: just wondering about that. I was like, "Hmm." it's funny when you look at where you want to live, that jujitsu is a consideration.
1: Yeah, it really is. It really, really is. It's funny because when I talk about moving back to North Carolina, right, I'm already trying to figure out where I'm going to train at. Yeah. Right. Because you're like, well, fuck, where am I going to get, you know, this, that and the other. Right. And then I've been really lucky, like with the podcast, which has really saved my soul in a lot of ways, because I was like, what am I going to do after I fucking retire? But like I, you know, have met you know guys from the show work thing, and so I've got some of the co- like Cecil Birch is coming here in August, right? I'm like, hey man, he's coming to North Carolina now, right? So you know, yeah. if I can just sort of like find some place for him to do it, you know, because like Sean Cooper's been amazing, like he's like, yeah, come up, use the school, and I'm like, all right. So you know, I was like, you know, and I try to give him a free spot, like if he wants one or one for his wife, because she's a purple or brown, I think, under him. But you know, I'm like, look, I'll get you a couple free spots. I'll just pay my spot, you know, and like, but, but instead of me having to travel to train, right? Because then that's just more cost you know so yeah. it's it's nice when i get them to come here so now i gotta start talking people to come to north carolina after that so yeah
2: figure out those yeah are you gonna stay in austin once you retire oh, that's a good question uh, it's getting know, tough man it's tough it's I mean, it's not the same austin it, it's well the cost of living here is just insane
1: it is it is man it's um, getting like california yeah i mean how do you
2: and you know sheepdog is up in cedar park right now i work south though so i'm in this weird spot where you know, I'm stuck going north or south. And yeah. So if I move too far north or too far south, it's a to do. I'm going to have a commute. So I'm kind of I'm kind of attached to the Austin area at least for a couple years. Yeah,
1: I get that. Um, Any place else speak to you at all? There's
2: a lot of places around the world I need to visit. Yeah, uh, I get that. I like get the, that. As far as locally, I don't know. There's I like I like Leander, Liberty Hill area. Yeah, it's nice up there. It's just, yeah. it's just a drive right
1: now. Dude, remember when um up north when Best of the West was open? Oh yeah. God damn, that was a great that was a great fucking shooting range. Yeah. because you could just pull in there. It was like fifteen bucks for the day yeah. for a tactical bay. And you could just bring your cooler and your 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 carbine and your shotgun and your pistol and just you and your friends and have a good time and hang out and dude, it was such a great fucking place to train.
2: And that's what's strange too. If you notice down south, there's not a lot of ranges down here. You have the, I the Range Austin, which is yeah. an, an awesome indoor
1: range. It is, but, but that's indoor too. But like, it's ain't cheap. Yeah, but um,
2: like south, you know, same thing. Hayes County, San Marcos, Kyle. Yeah, there's, there's. You'd think there'd be more down here.
1: Yeah, you think there would, because there's more land. Should. Yeah. Yeah, there's the
2: one out towards um uh lockhart right well yeah
1: um i've been out there what yeah, is cool. it i mean
2: they're nice it's it's a decent range but yeah you can't it's not like a bay that you
1: yeah uh, well and it's a thing too you know because like they i think their pistol ranges like i mean what's i want to say it's 25 feet which is fine but they have the you're, you're at a table yeah you're at a table you're there you know and i mean i remember there was this uh, these three guys came in one time uh, my girlfriend and i were shooting it was right after um she did her uh, concealed carry and we just out, you know, just the range, just doing some shooting and you know whatever. And, well, too, like I, I don't, I don't, I don't. Yes, you know, when you are on the range with a lot of people, like when it's like a, a outdoor range and you know and you got to wait till the range is cold yeah. to go check. You know, like, so there's a lot of waiting around. So, but these three guys came and they'd rented a couple of a uh, couple of uh, handguns, and they were holding. I know people can't see it right, but he was holding the Glock like a little teeny rifle, oh. right? And I am just like, all right, time to, go. time to go. Yeah, I was like, I don't, you know, and like, there is a probably wants to go, hey man, like, but I don't want to be that guy either, but like, you know, like hey, you're holding that all wrong, bro. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm no firearms instructor, but like, I know this is, the, you know, cause he's got the fucking pistol, like a little be it's like a little teeny rifle. And I'm like, oh. and he's like, right up here. And I'm like, Ooh, and he's showing his friends how to do it. And I'm like, we gotta go. Right. And there's part of me. It's like, well, should I say something? Should I not say something? You know? And, and just like, no, let's just go. Cause yeah. this is, I don't know what these fucking yahoos are doing. I mean, you know
2: that's I mean? a legit safety concern too. When you have people like that, it
1: really is on the way out, man. I, I talked to the guys and I'm like, Hey man, there's, he's like the three guys. We just, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, they, they, he's like, yeah, we're going to go talk to them. And I'm like, <laughs> all help. right. Yeah. yeah. What is the name of that? Fuck. Uh, it's in Lockhart. Shit. What is the name of that? Lone star. Guy? Yeah. Lone star. That's yeah. exactly it. Although, um, it's good for like, if you're zero in your carbine, yeah. right. Cause I got a pretty decent little setup there. For that, um, do you know Russ Keller? Um, used to work for AFD. He was on AFD Spec Ops. He's got um, uh, up text Range out in. Um, I fear because he, he a lot of guys do classes out there. Craig's done classes. Um, Jeff Gonzalez done classes out there, but he's got family land. It's a sweet range, man. And I'm like, dude, there's, you could come there anytime you want.
2: It's there's amazing. something to be said for having your own piece of property. Yes, big enough to shoot on. And that, I mean, obviously, that's. Trying to find that somewhere in this area, yeah. is, is insane.
1: That's my goal when I move back to North Carolina oh, yeah. is having like up in the mountains, right? You know, like
2: because just like you said, being on a range by yourself, you can move, you can face whatever direction you want, you yeah. can do all that. It's the realistic uh, training is is just awesome.
1: Yeah, and and that's the thing too, man. Because flat range is already flat range, right? You're so to deal
2: with a lot of rangeisms. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, yeah. And that's the thing, right. If you know, if you want to you know, draw from concealment, you know, cause you know, ranges get weird about it. And I get that. Right. Yeah. Because they don't, you just you know come I mean? in, you know, like, you don't know who you are. Right. You know,
2: exactly like you were talking about. You see the, the type of people. Yeah. And then you understand the rules more. Yeah. Like, okay, <laughs> yeah I'm
1: like, look, look I'm not that guy, but do yeah. I have to prove you? I'm not that guy. Right. So yeah. And that's a tough thing, man. Cause you know, like, especially too, like, you know, I mean, cause uh, I don't know. I, I, when I do my dry fire, it's always draw from concealment. It's always draw, you know, I always try to work on that draw stroke because it's a perishable skill because I have not shot for a while and not dry fire for a while and then went to a class and sucked. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, you know, and then you're like, I know I shoot better than this. Right. But it's a perishable skill. Yeah. It really, really is. I've been thinking about, are you, uh, do you run a red dot on any of your, any of your pistols?
2: I just started.
1: See, I'm thinking about, I, I, I want to put a red dot on my 43.
2: I'm sold
1: on them. I, everybody's i talked to has been big on it. I heard, I, from my understanding, there's like a the learning curve is a little steep. It is, yeah. Initially, um, my friend Patrick O'Dell, he'll be in uh, July second, third for an MDS and MDS seminar, which you would probably dig actually. Um, but uh, he brought his 43 last time. he's got the what is it the MOP I think? got so it's already got the, already got the MOS yeah. MOS, you know, and it's already and he had the co witness sites and I'm like that's a nice little setup. Yeah. it'll hollow sun on it and I've, i love the hollow sun i have on my carbine yeah
2: They're so, um there's certain areas where they really shine
1: yeah what, what's been your experience with it so far
2: so distance you know the main thing is the distance you can engage with with a red dot versus iron sights hmm. how quickly you're able to shoot and acquire a target is just night and day nice you know when you're up close i don't think it makes that much of a difference yeah i could see that but Distance the red dot really runs out in front, and then target
1: transitions. Hmm. Oh, transitioning
2: from yeah, targets, that. Um, red dot, yeah, all day.
1: Are you running red versus green? I have red, yeah, red, yeah. That, and that's what I thought about going too, right? I know some guys talk about. Hey, they like green for different color, uh, different aspects of the color. But from uh, just looking at Patrick's and just, just, just doing a little bit of like just looking at it, like trying to acquire that dot on. It, I, I was Is there a learning curve with it? Have you taken any classes with it?
2: Yeah. So we have a red dot transition course. Nice. Um, it's like, uh, it's basically a 10 hour course. That's cool though. That, that teaches you some of the things you wouldn't think about on, uh, you know, basically acquiring the dot also issues of like, okay, what happens if, if my view gets obstructed, right? Like I get dirt in here. Yeah. How do I deal with that? No, that so makes there, sense. There, there are more things to it. You got to consider. Yeah. But I think, I think in you know ten years it'll be like red dots on rifles. People yeah. will be like, "Why on earth would you run iron sights on a?" Yeah yeah, 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 On an AR, we have we have red dots now. Yeah, and I said, "What which red dot are you running?" So I have aim Aimpoint Acro. Oh, nice on uh, an MMP two and then um, I have an FN, and I'm I'm trying to decide what to.
1: Really? How is it? How is it? I've never fired an FN. Although I did fire an FN FAL one of the, uh, when oh, I trained know. with the Gurkhas when I was in the army, and that's a no bullshit NATO fucking round rifle. Yeah, but it's heavy. That fucking Gurkhas loved it. Man. How's an FN?
2: So it's it's great. It's a 509 midsize, and it nice. has the cutout for the dot. So I bought like a cheap one just to kind of see if I wanted to go to it. Yeah, try it out before I got something. Uh, pricey.
1: Yeah, I get that. I so. get because that's what I'm thinking like 'cause I, I have to I just have the forty three, you know, it's not the AX, it's not the MOS. And I, yeah. so I was I'm thinking about just having it milled. Yeah. And just getting a Holosun for it and then co COVID decides. Yeah. The Holosun. I i used to run a uh I had a Vortech, I don't know which one was on my carbine, but it always came loose and I always had issues with it. Yeah. I ended up selling that one and I've got a Holosun uh solar on my carbine and it's been fucking solid. Yeah, I, I dig it. I dig it. It's been it's been a great sight been a, I mean, it's a. It's, I mean, I. Well, I only had two fucking red dots. So like, yeah, But but just just the switch over because I always had an issue with that. Board, I just I don't know. I like, guess I'd put um, I'd put the uh, um, the th- the thread fuck what's what, that I'm, the Loctite the Loctite on it, you know, and like still would come loose. And I'm like fucking this is all over the place on the range. And I would, did a couple carbine classes. And I'm like god damn it. This like you shooting high. I'm like fuck.
2: Well, you know, and the other thing that. From a law enforcement perspective and it applies to anyone with a red dot you stay target focused right you don't have to shift your, I can see you that. don't have to shift your eyes to a front sight focus and that's true so your reactionary time if something changes in that environment it's going to be better if you're able to stay target focused so that's true you, know, that you can sense. see hands you can see if someone's dropping something you can do all that more effectively with a red dot as opposed to being focused on your front sight and with nowadays with you know defense attorneys breaking down frame by frame yeah of well, look they turned here they dropped the gun here you know it's sets you up for success a little better
1: yeah man that makes sense too and man you guys have such a it I don't know man I, I feel like you guys get crucified more often than not by so many people who've never done the job and never had to make a split second life and death decision in a moment when your heart rate's fucking 180 and you know it it, it that's got to be fuck I know the word for it it's that's that in and of itself has got to be tough going in into to a job every day going well it's today the day because the day chooses you you know oh, what yeah. mean? I mean that's you know so if you're on the road or you're you know I mean I, I feel like SWAT guys get a little more time on task with like training high you know high pressure scenarios a lot of high risk work right they yeah. lost stress inoculation but like if you're if you're patrol guy right you know you're not you're not getting that you don't get all the you don't get as much let's work you know what I'm saying? you're not training constantly oh, yeah. right so and you're still expected to make these life and death decisions in that moment you know and then that's going to be fucking just torn apart yeah
2: and you know patrol like you said with being on a swat team you tend to have in general more pre-existing knowledge of like what you're going into they, they deal with very dangerous high-risk situations that's true but they they kind of have an idea and that's going to help them set themselves up for success. Yeah. Patrol. Yeah. It's sometimes you're just walking well, in. Yeah. You're walking in and it's who knows what or it's just popping out. And,
1: oh, man, it's oof. Yeah. that and being an MHO, a mental it's health spicy, officer, for, yeah. it just seems like it would just be like, five, man, not, yeah, not, not a
2: position. A lot of people want to be in.
1: No, no, man. Are you guys still still um, have negotiators too? Don't you? Yeah, we are. Have you gone through that school? I that, have like, not. That's on that my bucket like list. That seems like an interesting school to go through. I
2: think
1: it would be. I, would, I just, it's any sort of like the psychological aspects of like talking to people and the de-escalation aspects has always fascinated me and like trying to figure out, you know, like we, we run on the same type of people where you're just like, Hey man, look, let's, what are we doing here? Let's not. And I've been like everybody else. I've escalated plenty of situations where I've, I'm like 14, 15 calls in and I've kind of had it with some guy and, yeah
2: but you're human you know that's, that's the thing yeah. is we expect and i'm i think law enforcement first responders everyone should be held to a very high standard but yeah. at the end of the day people are human and um dealing with that stress and dealing with that burnout you know i when i was on patrol about five years in i was burned out yeah of of I get that. Getting lied to every day, you know, like you're dealing with the criminal element, and that's the tough thing, man.
1: You get lied to constantly.
2: Yeah, you get jaded. You do. You do. It's hard to kind of be aware of that in the moment.
1: Yeah, because it sneaks up on you. Yeah, I think like it did for me. You know, because we all get times when you get crispy and you're just Mm. like, "Fuck that," you know, like, and it your fuse gets shorter. Like I'll drive home angry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like even now, like like it's just. And that's a big thing. Like, I'm at Medic 2, which is, you know, Manchaca and Weem Cannon, right? Just the clientele of that area, right? It's, it's South Austin. I mean, I have North Austin's on EW, but like, you get a lot of like, you know, it's like, it's lower income folks, you know, and they're like, just like, just take me to the fucking hospital. I'm like, all right. You know, but like, just that yeah. that mental where 24 hours of that, man, you're driving home and you're just like, you know, and like, it's, it's a lot of times it's just like, look, I got to have a conversation with myself. Look, don't drive like an asshole home. It's just listen to a podcast or listen to music, something just decompress by the time you get home right because like it's because like that driving home angry is not good because I'll catch myself doing it too and I'm like I'm super aggressive and I'm like wait, what am I fucking doing right now yeah that's that's
2: something you got to be mindful of and then that Austin traffic doesn't help no
1: no is there anything that you do or like anything that you found that works for that like that
2: for the drive home well just
1: just like just because I mean like you like you've been in this job long enough where like you know like it's built up man you get you get crispy right is there anything that
2: Jiu Jitsu,
1: buddy. Yeah, that's you know? that's a, that's a really good point because for me too, man. Because you you don't think of anything else when yeah. you're doing Jiu Jitsu, right? There's no the mortgage or the car payment. Or that. It's just in the moment, right? Right, and it's just you and this other guy or gal going at it, right? And like you're just trying not to get choked out, right? And that's one of the things I love too. And let's talk about that for a second, right? Is is uh, pressure testing of anything, right? Because yeah. you you can really truly pressure test Jiu Jitsu to a greater degree than you can a lot of things. More so than boxing, more so than Muay Thai, because you, I mean, you can lace into your training partner a couple times, like with a good solid shin kick. But how many times, you know, are they going to let you do that, right? right? Or a good, you know, shot to the dome, right? But man, Jiu-Jitsu, you can truly pressure test.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it is not unique, but just grappling arts in general. Yeah, Yeah. you you can go at a harder pace safely, and uh, I think that's why it's so successful. You know, you find out what works and doesn't work each day. And you build on it from there.
1: Yeah, man, I agree. I think that's one of the big things too. Like in anything, I think it's tough. Like we were talking before about like some of the stuff that we used to do, like the you know, like wrist locks and stuff like that. And I just, I've never had it. I've never used a riff wrist lock effectively in a situation you're too, like someone's polypharm overdose or they're drunk right they have a low you know yeah and that's the tough thing with wrist locks you know like well if it doesn't work because you practice it on your on your compliant partner just trying to get through the class with you yeah. you know but then this drunk guy it's not working so you're like, what are you are like, going again do you gotta press harder and then you're breaking a wrist or something you know or just
2: yeah when i you know when i went through the academy 16 years ago whatever some of the uh and i was a purple belt in jujitsu hmm. at the time and you know they showed us some takedowns like wrist lock style takedowns and you know i was like huh i wonder if these will work And i remember trying them on like a smaller white belt at open mat mm-hmm. and i could not take him down you know yeah i was like okay if this doesn't work for me as a purple belt in jujitsu yeah. like, on someone smaller like good luck making this work
1: yeah was it was it tough coming in like going to that type of dt program that you had then as a purple belt because you had a at a purple belt. You you're a pretty effective jujitsu player, yeah. right? You've you've got. I mean, like it's kind of goes from that. Like you, you know, white belt, you're learning words, and then you're trying to put sentences together. But by by purple belt, you're putting a solid paragraph together, pretty decently yeah. most of the time, right? You are that's that yeah, solid. You're,
2: you're uh, able to communicate effectively. Yeah, yeah. So it's got to
1: be tough, kind of going into like you know like, hey, we're gonna do this wrist lock now, and you're like, all right, let's give this a. Sh-. You know, I mean, like that's got to be sort of frustrating and like how was that
2: it was um you know i think they were doing the best they had yeah what they knew at the time because there just wasn't um a a depth of background and grappling especially out there so you know they some of the striking was was okay yeah that they taught us but when it came to the grappling it was definitely behind the times yeah Yeah, uh, yeah it was a little frustrating uh just disappointed really because i came in with the mindset of like well I I've, I've trained martial arts for years, but I've never learned like the police tactics yeah. of it. And then it was like wah, wah. <laughs> okay. uh, Yeah. God hoping for something a little a little more
1: Yeah, um, man, I get that. I get that. Fuck you made me think of a question right without you it out of my head though. It'll come back to me here in a second though. But yeah, I get that man. We when when I came in we so we didn't do anything when I came into EMS, right? And I just yeah. You know, and like I, yeah, you know, like I, years ago, I did karate and then you know, you know boxing and then muay thai and stuff, and then you know, you find jujitsu and then everything else kind of goes to the wayside, right? Because you just like you said, we we both like jujitsu, you just kind of get obsessed, especially early on, yeah. right? You're like even like when you're rolling over in bed, you'll like kind of like you're like hip up over, you know, like you just you just it starts to become part of your body language, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but um, some of the stuff that we were doing early on, you know, like I said with the wrist locks and pressure points, and like pressure points are. I guess they all the time and play everything, I guess has a time and yeah. place, but I don't, I've just never felt like, okay, this pressure point's really going to work right here right now. You know what I mean? As opposed to like a uh, jujitsu, like a positional control
2: right. thing,
1: you know, like it. And plus too, like with us, people are on a stretcher. They're hor- They're already horizontal. Right. So you're already sort of in some of that situation anyway, in an ambulance. Right. But
2: yeah, I mean, you gotta think just like, just like us, a lot of the people y'all deal with are intoxicated, yeah. on drugs, yeah. mental health issues, so pain compliance, you know, is just, isn't going to be a high percentage know. pressure control. doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, man, it's, it's tough. Do you guys, so when, uh, some of this might be proprietary or something, you may not be able to talk about, right. But like, so when you guys, um, any, is, is any use of force? Does it have to be like, do you have to then like, all right, you know, bring your corporal or Sergeant in and like, is there a whole, Oh yeah, yeah I imagine there's going to be a thing. Cause we, we just have like a, ours is, I mean, ems it's different right we we if someone assaults us or we have an assault report which we only started like a year or so ago right actually recording assaults Hmm. we should have been i mean because that's important things to know right you know but um but i gotta imagine that's got to be a tedious process
2: yeah it's one of those things over the years it's gotten more and more and more reporting more review more oversight more um what's even considered force especially here Basically, if you touch anyone other than, like, unresisted
1: handcuffing, they consider that a use of force. God damn it.
2: You know, it's pretty, yeah.
1: I, I, I get there's a political optic to that. I get that, right, to an extent. But, like, it, at what point? Because, let's be honest. or I mean, I don't know. Maybe you could tell me. I, I feel like if I were in law enforcement, like, that's going to make me less and less inclined to right. do my job as efficiently as I could. I'm like, Maybe I'll let this slide, right? Just let this guy go. I don't know, man. And, yeah, you know, it's interesting you say that
2: because, yeah, on one hand, like obviously our goal is to reduce use of force in general. That should, yeah, all, that should always be our goal to gain compliance. Um, but if people aren't using force when they should, like that may look good from an optics position, but that makes you wonder how many of these situations got out of control or mm-hmm. escalated to a higher level because they didn't use force when they needed to. Yeah, And that's where that hesitancy can can cause problems in the long run
1: yeah man it's and two again for you guys right like it's it, it's got to be tough too because like you i mean fuck, like you go to calls and you're like oh is this one one where it just fucking goes bananas right it it because i think anything with law enforcement now is so scrutinized right even people who are pro-law enforcement seem to be scrutinizing it now to a, to a greater degree and again it frustrates me because it's people who've never done the job Never, never experienced real violence in their life, which is tremendously frustrating to me, right? And and don't understand what it's like to be under that kind of, and it's not just like oh come right out. That's one thing, and I and I think people should come right out, right? But do that job for about a month or so, right? Yeah, because it's different. It's yeah. different when you do that job for ten hours a day, like four days a week. What was it? are you guys four days a week? Three days a week? Four days? Yeah, four ten. right. So four tens. Think about that, right? That's that's. 40 hours a week of people just being because nobody loves what people rarely even even when like somebody calls you because they want your help they're usually an asshole then too because i see people show up they're like i want the fucking cops you know because this guy robbed me or this guy beat up you know and they're an asshole to the cop too and like hey man i'm here to help you right but you you just got to roll with that right and i get that right but do that about a month and I guarantee your view of humanity changes, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it gets, I, I think that's one of the things that doesn't get talked about enough. Cause like, yeah, we all got to be professional. Right. And I always, and I, and I understand that. Right. But like just, we're all human beings, right. Too. So, I mean, if you get shit on for so long, all right, It, it's hard not to one become jaded two become crispier or just or to stop doing the job you're just like ah fuck it all right whatever go ahead man we're just seeing a lot of that yeah yeah man just complacency because you're just like like you feel like you're, you're like the kid with your finger in the dike you know yeah. <laughs> try to hold back the water in a lot of ways yeah. i i wish that that i wish that i mean we're just as guilty of not talking about it as much right but i wish that that was something that was talked about a lot more outside of you know, public safety as a whole, because I think a lot of people don't really, I think people don't talk about it. I think people just look, well, you just need to be tougher. I'm like, is it tougher? Cause it's just, you know, me getting shit on a lot doesn't <laughs> make me tougher or not tougher. It just mm-hmm. makes me jaded. Right? right. You know, cause I always find myself, I think I talked about it before. Like you get people who like you, I could, I have more empathy for like a kid or an animal than I do like adult people. Like, well, you probably got yourself in this situation. Yeah. Right. But like a kid or an animal, I'm like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: life choices.
1: Yeah, man. That's God, like, that's, it gets crazy, man. So, um, what do you, so you're going to, so you've got theoretically what? Four more years. At theoretically least, at least. Yeah. Right. Are you going to keep doing the sheep? How, how often is the sheepdog stuff going?
2: Uh, we are pushing out courses as fast as they can book them. Really? Across the country. That's awesome. And the demand right now is huge.
1: It is. It is. Let's talk about that for a second, man. Um, actually you made me think about a couple of things I want to ask you about because um, I not to get too political because I really never do but like it's weird times these days oh absolutely with the two-way stuff right with this and it, it's got to be hard in your position and well in law enforcement let's put it that way right if red flag laws come in or if like some of the crazy laws that they're talking about with sidearms right because you know yeah. like there are a lot of law-abiding citizens who own guns right that's got to be a sticky point that you don't want to go down either
2: yeah absolutely
1: oh that's uh, gotta, we're in texas you
2: know so that's true i think i think being in texas will be shielded from a lot of that yeah
1: i could see that right like um i think it's too and this is all right this is just me maybe it's a little conspiratorial thinking but it's interesting now right you see because you've got a lot more guys who have skill sets and trigger time right For who are who are veterans but right? you've got Fuck, people are buying guns left and right now because they're afraid they're going to get outlawed, right? Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's hard to find ammo even still, Oh yeah. right? So I, I think it, I think it would be tough to start regulating guns in, in general. I think for one, but two, you got a lot of people who are disenchanted with the government as a whole, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know I'm like disappointed. And I'm like, what are, what, are we, what are they doing up there? Right? How out of touch can you possibly be? Again, like in Texas, I think as far as the two A, I think that we're not going to have an issue. There are a lot of I mean, there are a lot of states that may not necessarily are not nearly as as pro two A as as Texas is, but it's it's interesting to me. It's like I think we're headed for heady times, man. What do you think on that?
2: Oh, no, I think so. I mean, just I don't know. I was talking to someone yesterday. Just the world seems upside down, and it really so does, man. I just I, you know, everything. Everything just seems weird. It um, does. You know, I'm like go to get a haircut last week, and I can't seem to find, like, a single barbershop in Austin that I can get an appointment the same day, you know. Oh, uh, should Restaurants, people aren't in there. You know, there's crazy waits at restaurants, the gas uh-huh. prices, just, like, all these little things. Yeah. Uh, it's just, yeah, I think uh, tough times ahead.
1: It is, man, it is. What do you, man, I mean, I'd be curious, what do you think... Like it, I mean, is it going to come to a head by midterms? Like, I don't, I don't follow politics as much. I've just, i am so disenchanted with everything with, I, I don't trust any politician. I just tell you, like I've said it a million times, like I, I assume like, as soon as you get elected, you, you had to have, you had to somehow make promises to get there, right. Yeah. To get elected now anyway. Right. And get money from people from somehow. So you got to pay that back. So I mean, like Dan Crenshaw is a great example of that. Right. So. Because that guy's a multimillionaire. I'm like, fuck, can I just run for Congress and become a multimillionaire? Is that how it works? Yeah. But what do you think's going to happen, man? Because I don't fucking know. I don't have a clue. I don't know. Um, I, you know, I don't think anything is going
2: to come to a head really quickly. Uh, I hope not. You know, I don't see anything popping off too crazy. But I don't know. You know, like, like we were talking about the housing market in yeah. Austin. You know, like who would have predicted that I just know. even a couple years ago? i know, uh, I know. so crazy. man i wish i had a crystal ball there yeah <laughs> but,
1: uh, <laughs> i wish that i had a crystal ball for when when uh covid first happened i have bought yeah. like uh moderna and oh, like and yeah. pfizer stock you know and i'd be crushing it right now yeah i'd um, already be retired
2: so i don't know the the world keeps getting weird people are gonna start
1: it does oh, man it are does gonna start acting up yeah I, th- I think that's too did you see an uptick Cause I, so I, I'll tell you what I've seen since like, cause you had the first couple of months of COVID where like people weren't calling ambulances, everybody's like, I don't know what's going to happen. Just staying home, all that. Right. Yeah. We had that. We had a lull for about a month, month and a half. And then just people start calling ambulance again. Right. And then I've seen like the things I've seen skyrocket are assaults, ODs, suicides, and oddly cardiac arrests yeah, have just skyrocketed.
2: I believe it. Um, it's It's stress, I think I mean I think it's a lot of it, man. I consider myself a, a pretty high functioning like mindful person of you know my my mental and physical health and like the last two years have been challenging. They really have man. Uh, and you know I'm very fortunate to be well prepared for all this stuff and have all these you know resources and networks in place, have a good job yeah. you know for, so if, if for me, I'm like looking around thinking it's crazy times like yeah. I'm sure some people struggling
1: yeah man because little or, little from i went to job went to work you know i had to wear a mask i hated that but
2: yeah. so
1: but yeah i mean very little changed in a lot of ways for me other than like you know you like had to deal with some of the you know the toilet paper shortage and yeah yeah a few things like that right but it was just like ah fucking crazy a you lot know, of people
2: that, you know yeah with, if you can't afford a place to live or you know you lose your job and you start spiraling down these yeah
1: yeah man and rabbit, rabbit
2: it, holes and oh fuck dude stress will kill you
1: yeah, man. I can't imagine. Well, too, like I said, man, I've seen, like, ODs have. And the substance
2: abuse, yeah. You know, people. A lot of people, I'm sure, during the pandemic, um, during the lockdown. Oh, yeah. Mental health is was, aspects of it. Yeah.
1: Have you have you got, well, you're not on the road anymore, I know. Not that you, but, you know, I I feel like, you know, we're running way more psychs now than ever. Yeah. Right, And just, and it's such, it's weird, too. Like, I'll get some of these weird psychs where I'm like, you know, be like, you know, my 10-year-old kid's trying to kill me. And I'm like, I feel like. Maybe you should be able to handle that better. I don't yeah. know. Like, I don't know. Maybe you can keep them for, I don't know. You know, like it's, but, but one thing I've seen too, man, I, I, I you haven't been on the road in a while, but like I've seen, I see this weird demographic from like 18, 19 to 55, and mostly males now that are calling ambulances more than ever for like really just innocuous stuff.
2: Yeah.
1: And it's weird to me, man. Like, I'm seeing more and more people call. It's like they want a government expert to come tell them what to do. I had a guy, I think I've talked about a couple of times, but, This guy called for a paper cut. I mean, he's hit this nice Audi R8. He's like, IT guy, $600,000 house easily, you know? And I'm like, he's got a paper cut. And I'm like, hey, man, you're going to be fine. He's like, I think I should go to the ER. And I'm like, what if it gets infected? I'm like, just keep it clean. soap and water, man. He's like, I think you should have a doctor look at it. And I'm like, well, you can take yourself. He's like, I think I should go in the ambulance. I'm like, all right, man, let's do that. I mean, you know, like I can't tell him no, right? I mean, God forbid I say, hey, that. Well, I, so if, if I talk to the people I work for, they would say, no, you could tell. them." I'm like, no, honestly, could I tell them? No, I can't. Right. I'll be like, yeah. look, I, I, you, you can certainly go on your own, but it's always our recommendation you you go by ambulance. Right. Cause we had to get in the spiel. Right. Cause what if they get killed on the way there with the paper cut? And then like, suddenly, why didn't the ambulance take them? I don't know, man. It's, yeah, it's weird, man. Liability, but, Yeah, man. And that's the thing. So much is driven by litigation and liability. It's really weird, man. I mean, it's gotta be more so for you guys. Jesus.
2: Oh yeah. Everything
1: oh man hey oh i want to ask you something this is more professional side of it right tell me about arrest review arrest review right because when you just give me an idea of how it works so when you go in right you have to you have to write up the arrest right and you have to give it you give it to the jail
2: so the way it normally works is if you arrest someone you write a probable cause affidavit with basically the facts of you know what happened right and Showing that you have probable cause to arrest this person, and you present it to a magistrate. Oh, I gotcha. So Austin just has a detective that is assigned to review all of the officers' probable cause affidavits before they go to the judge. Oh, I see. So it's just kind of like a put in, put in a more experienced set of eyes on. I got his Affidavits to make sure that. Then if it's things, not, then they got to give it back yeah, to the officer. If it's not, not, then they either you know can reject it or. Um, have them, you know, correct it. If something's something's off on it.
1: Yeah, I was just curious because you know we do a lot with like either the jail or you know, or like, or we'll we'll go to the jail. Which I can't even get into that. I after I retire, I will yeah. with the jail nurse because we all know how that works. But um, but you know, then the officer like fuck, I got to go back through all the revest review again because they got because then I got to transport this person to the to to dell Seton or whatever and then they got to come back and then they said that seemed like the process starts over again or i don't know yeah. man it's it's just arresting someone from whatever just seems like
2: is a that's one thing also in in the last few years has changed from being a fairly straightforward process to like very involved very time consuming oh that's got to be a pain in the ass even a simple you know misdemeanor
1: Arrest is like well, and you're taking somebody off the street. How many? Like what? What? Like what's the average? Like two, three hours, four hours? Probably. Yeah. That that is insane to me, right? Especially with you. I mean, because there are plenty of times when we've called for law enforcement. Like we'll be staging for a call, and we're like, we're waiting for law enforcement to clear the scene, like to yeah, seem safe, right? For us, and they're like, no units available. Yeah. Like nowhere.
2: Staffing is quite an issue.
1: Yeah, it really is. I mean, for all for all A, I mean, probably less for AFD than anybody, because who's going to leave AFD anytime soon? Right, because that's that's the magical place. But I mean, but like for us and you guys, man, like we've been. I mean, especially when the first defund, when the defund thing, you guys lost a big amount of people, right? Oh yeah. Didn't you?
2: Yeah, it's been a pretty steady attrition since then.
1: Man, that's got to be crazy. How 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 far understaffed are you guys right now?
2: Um, it depends on the model you look at. The last number I heard was we should have like bare minimum. 1800 and we're down below 1600 yeah that's that's Uh, crazy man realistically for a city our size we should probably have a
1: lot more yeah and austin is to say it's growing exponentially doesn't even begin to cover it
2: i mean look at yeah we have staffing numbers from like 2008 yeah it's not
1: even close especially in the last five years yeah because i mean like like out towards coda like it's huge like I've, i've driven out there recently i'm like oh this is all city of austin now yeah Right, and I mean, I mean, they've got an aggressive annexation plan, right? I've seen it, man, and it's they're like, because it's just it's tax dollars, Mm -hmm. and when they because have they taken over Steiner Ranch yet or not? City of Austin, I can't remember. That's Steiner Ranch. Is that Edward? No, that's not. Is it? It would be Adam. Adam, that's Adam. Yeah, 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 man. But like that whole area, man, is because it's part Austin, part TCSO.
2: Yeah, it's weird out there. It's one of those you look at the map and it's all.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's. It's quirky, man. It, it's weird how, like, with public safety as a whole in this area, right? Because you've got some of the areas of TCSO and then for Austin that sort of intermingle. And then you've got, like, the, the, the ESDs or AFD that sort of intermingle with certain areas. And then it's – and then Austin, you know, is just the entire city and county. Yeah. But it it's crazy, man, how Austin's a quirky city in a lot of ways. Yeah, it is. Yeah. it's You grew up here, though, right? Yep. Where'd you go to high school? Bowie. Bowie? Oh, shit nice man that's awesome
2: og south Austinite.
1: that is og you know robert uh roger huerta went to school at no he's, oh he went to i think
2: he's a year older than me yeah uh he went to crockett
1: yeah that's right that's I think, right
2: i wonder what he's up to
1: i think he's living in thailand now
2: yeah, I, saw, I saw his little thailand documentary what?
1: god damn it dude thailand's have you ever been no it's fucking amazing bro my bucket list i went in the military for cobra gold and then I, I went back for like three months and tried to figure out how to work there and live there. Yeah. And uh, I was unsuccessful then. That was like 87. Well, end of 87, first of 88, but man, it's, I was. it wasn't really in a Muay Thai then, which I, it'd be amazing. if I had been, but man, I just, that is an amazing country and you can live there so cheap. Yeah. Dude, it's fucking, but the, the, I've looked a lot, but like just to go back there and train the flight there is expensive, but That's you can, my thing is the, did you could. yeah, you can, the flights, it's long. I think it's 16 hours, but, but like you can stay at Fairtex for like two, 300 bucks a week in an air conditioned room. Yeah. Right. You know, and just stay at Fairtex or like, there's plenty of Thai camps there. you could just, I mean, and the jujitsu there, the, the Muay Thai there is, that's a fucking another level, man. It'd be amazing. Yeah. They've, they've gotten, um, since MMA's gotten popular, they have a lot more jujitsu there now. Yeah. It's interesting how, I mean, jujitsu has, it's just this explosive growth, man. And two, uh, you know, this, like you can still train with the, like i mean you can still it's harder now but like to, to get a hickson seminar or yeah. or henry aiken you know even now it's like sort of the old guard now you know like you can still train a oh, hoist gracie's still doing seminars you yep. know you can still you can
2: the lineage is still so close to the founders yeah that you can still train with people that but and that is cool and um but at the same time it's getting revolutionized and the it really is i mean as someone who's been doing jujitsu for coming up on 20 years, like I'm still seeing new stuff out there, Yeah. you know, maybe not completely revolutionary blow my mind, but yeah. you know, just the way people are teaching and some of the, you know, leg lock entries and stuff. Yeah, man. It's just like, this stuff is still developing.
1: Yeah. Cause you remember when, when leg locks were like, uh, you know, like, especially if you were more from a heavy Brazilian lineage, yeah. like you don't do leg locks. Do yeah. But like now, I mean, well, fuck Danaher. Man, the her yeah. desk Squad put it up, and then everybody's doing leg locks, right? And like it's, it's, it's I mean you see it, in especially a lot of terms like a lot of the EBI stuff, right? It, with, uh, with you know with that rule with the EBI rule set, yeah. Man, it's it, guys are just going straight for legs. Oh yeah, and it's because it, I've had somebody fuck up my. Yeah, usually <laughs> somebody get a little too overzealous with it. That's that. Well, I, I mean, it's, too, you know, if you think think about twenty years ago, having a
2: knee, having an ACL blown or something like that. you're living in brazil would probably be like pretty impactful on your life yeah you know so getting caught in a heel hook and having your knee blown apart putting you out of work and maybe you know they didn't have the technology to yeah
1: that's true repair
2: knees the same way or you know efficiently
1: yeah do you have a do you especially being at the level of Jitsu, you are now do you have a methodology a methodology that you train with you you're like all right i'm working on this position or do you um do you have like sort of a mindset whenever you train
2: yeah there's several though you know okay um there are times when i'll handicap myself and be mm-hmm. like okay i'm only going to go for arm bars today or i'm only going to arm bar the left arm or i'm you know only going to finish with a triangle choke right mm-hmm. so i can like handicap myself that way um same thing with like guard passing i can say okay i'm only going to pass guard using this method on this side mm-hmm. um sometimes i'm reactionary like i'm feeding off of what the person's doing mm-hmm. and playing like a defensive reactionary game other times i'm aggressive you know like this is my game plan and i'm gonna establish it so yeah. there's definitely a lot of different mindsets i have sometimes it's just roll sometimes it's just just flow yeah yeah, just flow have fun sometimes it's more competitive yeah um yeah
1: is there anybody that you would haven't got to train with yet that you would love to train with
2: um
1: hickson hickson would be amazing fuck i
2: man. got to train with donna but not not a lot yeah um so you know i've been up there to henzo gracie austin where he's at yeah but he's a guy yeah you could pick his brain for the next 20 years oh and, yeah you know yeah
1: didn't he have a master's in philosophy or something yeah. like that, is it yeah yeah so, what t- it doesn't um tate fletcher also any, like is in his he's got a bachelor's in like philosophy or English lit or something like that. I can't remember yeah, what it was, so. but it's interesting how many guys uh, you know who like well educated. But this is one thing about jujitsu too. Like you, you could go and you're like, there's a doctor and then there's a IT tech guy and there's like you know a cop and uh you know and there's a plumber. it's yeah. That's the thing about jujitsu. It really is. A, it's a very uh, uniting thing. I it, think in a lot of ways it
2: is, and I feel like one of the reasons I have such a diverse set of friends and people is jujitsu. You know, because we all get yeah. in our own little bubble, and you hang out with people we know or work with that are kind of in our same social circle yeah yeah jujitsu you meet meet all kinds
1: of people you really do man you really do like i said it's you're always in that moment so um more along the lines of questions for the podcast dude like do you what do you carry for your edc every day do you do anything specific that you carry any things that are like your things so
2: as far as the gun Time of year is a big part. I get that. I get that. that. Um, You know, because in Texas, when it's hot.
1: Oh, like the the last month.
2: So the gun varies. Sometimes I carry a full size Mm. MP 2.0 with an aim point acro. Sometimes I carry an FN mid size, which is similar to like a Glock 19 size. And there are other times I have a Car PM9, just single stack, 9mm. So I'd say those three kind of uh depending on what i'm wearing and the where yeah. i'm going you know a little assessment of that yeah i right? got gotcha. you am i going down to cvs or am i going to downtown austin yeah um i carry a sock p dagger
1: nice um and a tourniquet that's that's usually the how do you carry the t- tourniquet is the toughest thing of all the things it's tougher to carry yeah it is. right it's it's it's, it's without being obvious right yeah. or you know just being you know I mean I got a shit ton of my fucking car right yeah. but
2: I usually so I wear the cool pants usually that have the extra yeah. pockets dude I like, love
1: fucking cool are the that's my favorite clothing yeah. company the stretchy pants the stretchy pants Fucking stretch fabrics
2: because with those pants I can put my wallet and my cell phone in those extra pockets the Little side pockets and, yes. and then I can just throw a tourniquet in my pocket and it's not awkward yeah it's not ideal yeah, for the placement but I haven't figured out a better a better way to actually carry
1: one. Yeah, somebody just sent me a picture. They just got a clinch pick. It should work's clinch pick. But I will usually carry. I've got a little utility, little utility Gerber, just like a little. Uh, it's like a little box cutter. And I've got like a defensive blade. Yeah, that I'll carry.
2: And then other stuff depend... You know, sometimes I'll carry a reload depending on where I'm at, what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'll carry a flashlight depending on where I'm at, what I'm doing. Yeah, I get that. Um, but like like you said, in my car, yeah, we got. Yeah. Get all the yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You're ready for whatever. Yeah. Do you do anything separate or different when you travel? Like if you're making a road trip or anything? So, certain things I'll like, I've got more stuff in the car yeah. if I'm traveling.
2: Yeah. I uh, always get that special treatment from TSA, bringing yeah. all my stuff through the airport. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I so. Yeah. I mean, uh, you can't carry on plane, though, or can no, you? No, not on a plane. Yeah.
1: So, I got to check it like everyone else. Yeah. You know? That's a pain in the and ass.
2: That. Sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's a huge ordeal. I know, man.
1: I, when I flew out of Atlanta, because we flew in Atlanta and drove home to into North Carolina, because it was so much cheaper to fly into Atlanta. You know, it's only like a you know two hour drive. Yeah. But like, fly, fly, flying out with a gun was a fucking to do with TSA. Oh yeah. And it wasn't too bad going out of Austin. It's always kind of weird, but like Charlotte, they're, you know, mostly oh they were all ex-military. Like oh yeah, we have a man. You're good. Let's yeah. go. Exactly
2: but, depends on the airline. Depends on the location. Depends really on just the employee. Some of them don't know what they're doing some moments quick yeah yeah you just it, got to plan some extra time
1: yeah yeah man it, and atlanta's horrible anyway because it's the busiest airport in the country anyhow but like fuck we we're in i think we got there two and a half hours early and i was like, barely made my plane because they're like i had to get through the whole thing with tsa and wait just wait in line anyway and just dude it was a fucking to do man mm. i got one of my tactical tins taken away recently and it doesn't even, it doesn't even look like a tactical pen really yeah at by tsa and and I, it's always weird with TSA because some of them are real chill, you know, and you could just kind of you know yuck it up with them. Because I always just try to be chill, yeah. I always always try to be cool. But the uh, the the woman that was going through my bag because yeah, I've got a Vertex, um, a uh, the Vertex messenger bag, you know, and I had like two or three tactical pins in there, but none of them look like tactical pins. And she's she's like, well, this is like a glass breaker. And I'm like, all right, yeah, I get I get that, you know. I'm like, you guys just gonna throw that away? And she's like, I'm like, well, oh, I just give it to you as a gift. It's a nice pin. I'd be ashamed to throw it away. That's ridiculous, you know. She's like, no, we can't. I'm like, all right, look, I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Yeah. And she's like, this could be used as a weapon. I'm like, I use Cliff Byerly. He's one of the shit works guys. <laughs> I was like, so anything that uses a weapon, if you hold it right, yeah. you know, like, I'm like, I just, uh, I'm like nothing, no yeah. sense of humor. I'm like, I, I don't know, man. I just, when you're, when you're trying to be such a hard ass, like, it's hard for me to take you seriously. Yeah. When you, yeah it's like, I'm like, Hey, look, I'm just try to be chill. Like, I get it. You know, you're doing your job. I appreciate that. Although we'll say I flew out of Charlotte last time, several months ago, I went to see my pops and uh, my mom and uh, they actually were really, really cool. And I was like, you know what? You guys are awesome. And I never have a problem when I, when I fly in and out of Charlotte or flying out of Charlotte, I never have an issue with TSA. And I was like, I was like, is there a comment card? It's like, it's like, you know what? We would really appreciate that. I'm like, I imagine you guys get more complaints and anything. He's like, oh yeah. And I'm like, uh, yeah. so I was like, you guys are always nice, man. I did a, co- a comment card for him. It was like, Charlotte's always really cool, man.
2: Yeah.
1: Any, 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 uh, TSA are there any airports where you've had most issues with TSA? Because it seems like if you got a law enforcement ID, yeah, that should—they
2: don't, don't seem to care. What? Yeah, I don't know.
1: No, that sucks. No, I've—I've I've never had
2: any like super crazy stories with them. I mean, your, your normal delays and yeah. your water bottle. I forget you can't bring water in the airport. <laughs> you know. God damn it, Travis! I bring water in with you. You got to buy your seventeen dollar. Water once you, get I, in dude. There. I get
1: so assed up when I gotta buy shit at the airport. I'm like, this airport tax is shit.
2: Have you ever had to buy? uh And I learned Advil. At yes, the airport? dude. Last time that I flew, is extortion. It is like it is. It's ridiculous. I always pack it for some reason. I, I didn't have any. I had a headache. Then I go in. I'm like, excuse me, how much?
1: It, they. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. It is. I was like, I'm not paying that. <laughs> Do with the headache. Yeah. The, the cashier was even like, "You you know the price of
2: this right? I'm like, yeah, I see what you're doing, yeah, you know, not her, but yeah
1: yeah, 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 dude, that that's how they get you. the food, yeah, you spend sixty bucks on on like you know a couple of sandwiches, and yeah, it's probably not that much right it was like it's a good twenty five thirty bucks for two sandwiches, oh, yeah, it's fucking insane, man, and fucking uh have you ever seen that Twitter feed, Evil mopac?" Mm-mm. It's pretty funny, right? But they they always make jokes about the. It's like, what kind of podunk airport is this? There's no Starbucks in here, right? Because it's just all local stuff from Austin, right? In the airport, and I'm just like, it's just funny, man. It cracks me up. i check that out. Yeah, it's it's. They just always make jokes about Mopac and just shit like that. It's <laughs> whoever runs, it, it's fucking hilarious, man. Yeah. So what? So you got you're back on back on uh, back at the academy this week. So what are you guys doing when you're not? Do you have Academy in right now?
2: Yeah, we have a cadet class in. So we, we mix between um, in-service training for officers. I got you. And then when we have cadets, we you know, have them. So we do both our unit trains, cadets and in-service officers. Oh, that's cool. We also help with firearm stuff, qualifications and yeah, things like that. So always something going on.
1: Yeah. Dude, I got to hook you up. A friend of mine was just on, um, Vance McMurray. He runs this company. Wait, have you met him? He has autotelic performance solutions. He hooks this machine up to you and he can make you shoot faster and more accurate. Like with him. I think I've
2: heard of, yeah, I think I have met him. I
1: think he's worked with some of the SWAT guys so far, but he's doing the, he's coming out, he's coming on my shift at the beginning and he's going to do the the thing on me. Yeah. Um, Tuesday, he's coming up to my medic two shift and then he, um, but he's, I don't know if I can say, he's working with some tier one guys in July. And then some other Tier 1 guys in January, right? He's getting some traction with it. And his his business partner is a former CAG Sergeant Major. Okay. Right? So they've got some really cool sort of inroads with that, man. But, like, he showed me some of the stuff he's doing with it. It's fucking amazing, man. Yeah. It's pretty cool, I
2: think though. I saw him do it to someone, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah, well, yeah, I know he was just up with... Uh, uh, Dallas SWAT like a week ago, and he was down in Harris County then. But he's like, actually, he's getting some traction with law enforcement with it, right? And I think with Dallas, he like took like 10 of the remedial shooters that they had and like brought them up to speed in like an hour. It's impressive. Which is pretty amazing, right? Because, you know, it's, I think he was like a lot of females because you're smaller hands, right? And it, you guys are, use a full size frame M&P right? Yeah. So th- it's, I mean, you know, it's going to be hard to control a full size frame handgun with smaller hands, right? Oh, yeah. So that's interesting, but I didn't, but he was able to get them up to speed. So it's, I mean, fuck, I really want to try it on the range now yeah, and see, cause like I could always, I always use help. Right. I'm going to have an man. Always take help. Dude. That's the thing too, man. With like shooting is such a perishable skill. Yeah. It's you know, like it's in, I've got a little neuropathy in my, in my support hand. I'm left-handed. Right. So I've started almost like a, um, like a revolver thing. I'll bring this hand, this thumb over uh, over the top of that thumb. Right. Because a lot of times if I'm, if I'm forward, right, it's like this handle start to get numb in here and I can't judge pr- gauge pressure. Um, and it starts, <laughs> I start, yeah. Here, like, yeah, it starts going to my, to my weak side and, you know, and it won't happen at first. Right. But like a little that neuropathy just from like, I don't know, from probably from EMS yeah. computers and shit. Right. But it'll get numb in here and I can't gauge pressure now. So, but wrapping that over has helped a lot. I got that from Craig Douglas actually. When I okay. did the ECQC, it came out, but, so what's up for the rest of the day, man? What are you doing the rest of the day?
2: I'm going to get some food.
1: Yes. I'm think, I've been on a
2: sushi kick lately. Nice. Um, Been craving sushi. I don't know. Get some food. Get some rest. we got an early uh, early day tomorrow. Are you back on tomorrow? Yeah. Today was productive, man. I did my sauna. I did my jiu-jitsu. did my running. Are, did my are you swimming. Doing,
1: are you doing infrared something?
2: No, just a regular
1: one. Dude, I started working out Hot Works. There was one, there was one in Kyle Nix, but there's one in San Marcos, right? And it's... Uh, they got bikes, rowers, like whatever, or they've mm. also got like beret and yoga. So put like, it's in a infrared sauna. Yeah. So you do a bike nice. for like 15 minutes and man, I do like, I'll do two bikes in there, put it at 130 degrees and just oh, yeah. do afterwards. I'm just ex- like, I feel great for that first 10 yeah. minutes and I come on like, I got to take a nap. Yeah. Man, but it's like it's but, man, you sweat it out though. It's it's pretty awesome there's actually.
2: There's a lot of there's a lot of science behind benefits of sauna. I'm a
1: big fan of sauna, man. I wish I had like cuz Metroflex, well it is a sauna cuz it's just a warehouse, yeah. right? But it's uh, but I've been adding the hot works in for my cardio has been amazing. And too like the barre, well, more the yoga, the hot yoga cuz like it I mean, you know, a fucking litany of injuries. I'm yeah. old as fuck. I'm 57. I'll be 58 in January, so I'm like, fuck, I'm just trying to fucking stay healthy to retire, man. Yeah. That's uh is there any injuries or anything that you, you that you deal with, or you got a, or you've had to deal with, or anything, though, man? Because I know it's yeah, oh, being jujitsu the, this long, gotta is,
2: yeah, you know it's. So I have neck issues just from mm. chronic being stacked, probably yeah. You know, like it's one of those things where, like the normal level of pain, right? Yeah, <laughs> maybe around a two. Yeah, and then, right. Uh, to, you know, someone, someone twists my neck wrong or cross faces me or something, man. I'll be looking, looking wrong for two weeks yeah dude that's um, tough um had some ribs tear yeah, toes dislocate
1: yeah uh, i've had a the rib in the back along my spine because he just kind of sits in a little cup
2: yeah
1: and i've had it popped out in jujitsu you know and like and i was just like this this just this, this kink in my back i got I, a rosti finally uh dr jones man fucking dustin jones here in kyle he's like oh yeah your ribs out he popped it back in it was like i was like oh my god yeah. I worked over two weeks before I went to him, man. But it was just. But it's ah, worth it, you know. Dude, it is, man. It um, is. Yeah, I got to go to Ross yeah, again. People so, always
2: yeah. worry about the injuries. I'm like, you know, if you're sedentary and you're not doing anything, you're going to get injured too. Yeah. You know. But, yeah. Choose your hard.
1: Yep. <laughs> that's good, man. Chad
2: Lyman. Dude,
1: choose that's good, hard, man. Though. Have you ever met Chad? Oh yeah. Dude, he's a good dude, man. I had him on um probably six or seven months ago, man. Such a great guy, dude. He is a solid dude. He is. He's a uh, inspirational. He is, man. He is. He is. He lives it, you know? He really does, man. It. He really, really does. He's awesome. And man, I gotta get you I gotta get you with Cecil Burge, too, man. And and Yeah, I've heard Guy, of him. And Guy uh, Schnitzler, heard man. Good things. Yeah, you guys would definitely jail. Definitely the same sort of like very laid back, just just that chill mindset, you know, like some guys are so much mm-hmm. you know, and there's good dudes, right? You know, but like some dudes you're just like oh this is too much. It's too much, right? Yeah. But just that laid back, just chill, just like it, it you you know, just have that instant rapport. Yeah, you know, and that's I'll i have to get you with a guy and and Cecil when they're in. It'd be like I said, August nineteenth, twentieth, and twenty first. If you make it to the class, man, it'd be awesome. It's gonna yeah, be it's to gonna you. be awesome. Love to. Yeah. All right, man. That's yeah, it. Anything else before we go? No, yeah,
2: man. I appreciate you having me on. It's yeah, man. I'm glad pleasure. you came on.
1: Yeah. Yeah, man. We'll do it again sometime, you, sir. Sounds good. All right, brother. All right. That's Take it. Care. Bye, everybody. That was my conversation with the very awesome Travis Joyner. He is, as you could tell, that quiet professional he is to me that guy who's always thinking always very methodical in his approach huge huge thank you to, to him for making the drive down for his time you can find travis on instagram at the underscore real underscore gray underscore man hit him up let me know what you thought about the episode hit me up let me know what you thought about the episode i always appreciate you guys feedback man now as you know some incredible training opportunities coming up patrick odell our boy he's no longer my boy he's our boy of modern Swing Combat will be back here in Austin for another Master Defense Seminar next weekend, July 2nd and 3rd at Cooper MMA in North Austin. You can get more details. You can sign up by going to Patrick's website, mccdefense.com. If you haven't had the opportunity to train with Patrick, you absolutely should. And you are missing out. I mean, he always brings some interesting stuff, brings in wrestling, brings in a lot of different aspects, different things within the, within the MDS system. And always man it's, it's, it makes you think. And that's what I love about him. Also coming up in August, man, it's just going to be like one, two, three, bam, bam, bam on the training. Cecil Birch of immediate action combatives will be here in August 19th, 20th and 21st for his seminar, immediate action combatives combines wrestling, jujitsu and boxing in a weapons-based environment. And it will make you incredibly much harder to kill incredibly much. I don't think that's really grammatically correct, but how often do I grammatically correctly speak? You get better understanding of the course By going to Cecil's website IACombatives.com You can sign up And as I said earlier in the show uh, God damn it I've recorded this four times And I've read that same piece of copy And didn't mark it out Every time But you know what We're not going to go for a fifth I did not mention Guy Schnitzler Earlier in the show But Guy will be here He'll be down to help uh, Cecil teach That's two incredibly heavy hitters To train with for the price of one So secure your spot today And as I mentioned a second ago, Guy Schnitzler will be here in Austin October 9th for Saps and Blackjacks course. This course will be a one day course for, up at, again, up at Cooper MMA. You can sign up by going to Guy's Instagram, Guy underscore Schnitzler, or DFW Defensive. Hit him up, let him know you want to come down and train. Man, it's going to be an incredible course. Uh, the course will be $225. bucks, uh, and it will be an incredible time. I believe it's an eight hour day. And it's hard to find a Saps and Blackjacks course from somebody who's as knowledgeable as guy. And it's hard to find a black Jacks and saps course anyway, but from somebody as knowledgeable as guy and with his depth of knowledge and and depth of work, man. So anyway, come down, train with us. Jesus, I'm rambling. That's it. Please support those who support me. Alpha Mega Kydex Holsters, man. Eric has been with me since the very beginning. Apostle Farms Academy, those guys as well. And Active Carry Technologies. And don't forget, I got the Distinguished Savage merchandise. If you're interested, over on the Teespring website, just search Distinguished Savage podcast on Teespring, and you'll see all the various shirts t-shirts well shirts and t-shirts t-shirts hoodies coffee mugs all that yada yada but um the shipping is a little pricey on the stickers if you need some stickers i've got a few in right now i'm getting some more made just hit me up on instagram or email me and i'll give that in a second right and i'll send you some stickers i've got a few here and there but i need to get order some more i need to order some more patches and some more coins actually anyway jesus christ i'm rambling this time also, if you'd like to get in touch with me, you have questions, comments, concerns, guest recommendations, please hit me up. You can reach me on Instagram at The Distinguished Savage. Or you can reach me via the emails at walt at the distinguished savage.com. You, you can't find me. I mean, you can find me on Twitter, but I'm rarely on there. It's TDSATX, all caps. I don't check Twitter. So there's that. Also, if you want to support the show, there's a few things you can do. It would mean the world to me if you'd please leave a review on iTunes or whatever podcast player you listen on. It really helps me get the show out there. And please share it with someone you may think may dig the show. I always appreciate that. As always, I appreciate all of you who make the time or, and who take the time to get in touch with me. And I'm, I'm humbled and honored that you guys give up a little bit of your time and of your day to listen to me ramble on as I seem to do at the end of these podcasts. Also one note on this, uh, Matt Estridge will be coming on this morning. Uh, actually. So we'll be, I'll be putting that podcast as a bonus episode out later on this week, but man, super excited. to Talk to that guy, but till next time. Remember, clothing make the man or woman, accessories make the gentleman or lady. The critical thinking skills and the lethal skill set make the savage distinguished by our body.
3: It ain't much, at all. Just a tiny man now. Well, some folks say it is smaller than small But around here is all they got well, I remember riding in my grandma's phone Just me, my cousins in the backseat Staring at a hole in the old floor Bottom county line on a passing street making our way to the super red for a loaf of bread a case of beer and a cotton of cigarette well it ain't all you need to get by but around there it's all you can get in my hometown it ain't it all, but it's never let me down my own town. I learned to jive on them, gravel. At shop. I was always tired from my head to my toes But my old man taught me not to stop Friday rolled around and work ceased to be I was out there drinking on that town A couple of my closest friends and me Trading our dreams pitch around. At closing time, we head on to the lake to sip on whiskey and cast some lines. Never caught any more than we could keep and we lied about the ones we left behind in my It ain't much at all who's got the biggest catfish around my hometown. I finished school and picked up my truck I wanted See some places. I headed out west just to try my luck. I was seeking fame and endless wealth. But well, I stopped out there and I set up shop. Lord, I heard the weather. It sure was fine. And it's nice for many other men but I got one place on my mind dogwood flowers and tall pine trees and mountain streams that flow to forever with the prettiest well. your eyes have seen my traveled eyes have known none better than my It ain't much at all, but it's where I'm bound My hometown